The following is a special sports presentation of UltimateSportsTalk.com. Now, Mount St. Joseph Lions football is on the air on WDTCLP Delhi Township. Mount St. Joe Lions football on Z98 FM is sponsored by Delhi Barbers, Greenwell Avenue, and Delhi Pike with no appointment needed. By Wishbone Tavern, Delhi Pike in the new Delhi Town Center. By Cincinnati Open Box Outlet, Glenway Avenue next to the Home Depot. By Delhi Skyline Chili, it's skyline time. By NYPD Pizza, Foley Road, 513-347-6973. 347-NYPD. By Bearcat Storage, with two locations for all your storage needs. And by Delhi Liquor Store, Delhi Pike and Mount Alverno Road. Now from UltimateSportsTalk.com with your Lions football play-by-play. Here's Dave Mitchell on Z98. And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Delhi, Ohio, Schuler Field, where today the Mount St. Joseph Lions are going to be taking on the Bluffton Beavers in football action here this afternoon. Should be a good one here today as the Lions come into the ball game with a record of 7-0. They are 4-0 in conference play and they are number 23 this week ranked nationally according to the American Football Coaches Association poll. Meanwhile Bluffton comes in with a record of 1-6. They're 1-3 in the conference. Last year they finished up 5-5 and 4-3 and and in the Heartland Conference. Chuck Murray alongside Chuck, it's homecoming weekend also here for the Mount and Hall of Fame weekend. First of all, homecoming weekend, you've been here a long time. I don't want to date you, but you've been here for a while. Talk a little bit about what homecoming means to you. Yeah, it, it's great to see all the former you know, student and then obviously the athletes have come by. And uh, last night was a great night at the Hall of Fame inducting the 92 women's basketball team along with uh, you know, one of my former players, Mike Crone, and a couple volleyball players, Jeannie Kirsch and uh, uh, Ronnie uh, Veronica Guilfroy. I, I was trying to remember her, her uh, that's her, ma- her married name, her, 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 uh, her playing name. But anyway, it was a great night. And, uh, you know, it's great to see all the old faces and different things. Even over in the Harrington Center early this morning, I ran into a guy that played football here, and his son's on a visit. You know, I think they have like 80 recruits here today. Yeah, they've got 80 people here that are looking to come to the mouth that they are trying to bring them on. It's almost like a recruiting machine right now that the coaches put on every Saturday when they're home. It, well, when you're 7-0 and and you're scoring, and in fact, this son, uh, this Eric Dahl's son was a, a wide receiver, and you know, I said, hey, we throw it all over the lot you know and he's he seemed yeah that that's something that would excite them like you said it was hall of fame night last night the 2022 athletic hall of fame class which for the first time chuck as you said they inducted an entire team that 92 women's basketball team veronica guilfoy huck was also inducted for women's volleyball from her graduating class of 93 jean hilbert kirsch she is a uh, women's volleyball player, also from 96. Mike Cronin, who played baseball, and he graduated back in 2002. And the Stephen Radcliffe Champion Award went to Dr. Robert Berger from Beacon Orthopedic and Sports Medicine. Just an outstanding class. Yeah, you know, I, I have a personal relationship with Dr. Berger. We go way back, and in fact, I remember seeing him play football at Notre Dame. 
and unfortunately I've known him in other areas where he's had to perform surgery on my boys, but uh, all-around great guy. Great to see Steve again. You know, great Mike and about 10 of his former teammates were there, and obviously the volleyball players that were inducted were tremendous players. Coach Spinney uh, introduced them, and then, uh, as you mentioned, the 92 women's basketball team. Uh, it was really a really a special night. Well, both of these teams, let's head to the field right now and talk about these these two teams, Bluffton and Mount St. Joseph. They are both coming in, Chuck, off of victories. But last week's win by Bluffton, the first under their new head coach, uh, Matt Nardo, just an outstanding win as that game went four overtimes. Yeah, it was crazy, and we were talking off air how that it went to not only all those extra overtimes. They got to the point where it was almost like a, a soccer shootout where you just line up and go for two. There's no put it on the 25 and, and try to see what happens. You just go for two. And I think that took like three overtimes to finish that. So it was a crazy game, and they got the victory. I believe it was 46-44 over at Manchester. Yep, they won that 46-44. The Mount comes in with their win over at Hanover last Saturday, 44-29. to The 44 points, ironically, that's the least amount of points that the Lions have scored in the conference season so far this year. They've always been over 50. They only had 44 last week. Well, I think part of that was maybe a little step up in competition. But, uh, boy, the boys came through in the clutch when they had to, uh, you know, down, I think it was seven going in the fourth quarter, going against the wind. And, boy, did they really perform well. I will say this, you know, a 15-point spread at the end, it's very misleading. It was a lot closer game than that. But they pulled out a very, very important victory on the road in a very tough environment. And the Lions junior quarterback, Josh Taylor, is not only the player of the game, he got named player of the week for the conference, which I believe is his fourth player of the week this year. Yeah, he continues to do it all. I mean, he can if, if a play breaks down, he can run and, and, and not just run for a few yards, run 10, 20 yards down the field, make a big play out of it. He's, you know, we're lucky to have him. He's a fantastic player. And I do want to mention last night, uh, he, he did a nice job uh, with his little speech he gave and then about the mountain and a little prayer before they started the Hall of Fame. It was very, very impressive. Well, the win last week catapulted the Lions at least one more spot up in the AFCA Top 25. They are now the 23rd ranked team in the nation. North Central from Illinois is again ranked number one this week. Mount Union is second, but Mary Harden moved up to third this week because Wisconsin Whitewater lost. Yeah, you know, rankings are great, and we're really super excited we're in the top 25 because it gives you recognition, tells you you're doing a lot of good things. But, you know, the, the big thing is we want to win the conference championship and get into the playoffs. That's the main thing. But certainly the recognition is nice, and them top teams that you're talking about, boy, they're really good football teams. And, you know, say, hey, even the best teams lose sometimes. You know, it's interesting. We talk about how dominant the Lions' offense has been, but you know what hurts three guys? Kyle Farsing, Pat Murray, and Ryan Murray. And why? Because they never know when they're going in the game or if they're going into the game. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think this year maybe Ryan went one game with no punts and maybe a couple games with one. But I like it that way. I mean, you know, because that means we're moving the ball and scoring points. And, you know, it's not an individual game. It's a team game. Yeah, like we said, they never know when they're going to be called on. But we called on them yesterday and had an opportunity to talk to the three together prior to this afternoon's ball game. Joining us on this afternoon's pregame show is the kicking trio for the Mount St. Joseph Lions. Kyle Farsing, the field goal kicker, Ryan Murray, the punter, and Patrick Murray, the holder. So let's start out, first of all, with Kyle. Kyle, you have done an excellent job as far as the field goals and extra points are concerned. 
tell us a little bit about your mindset when you come onto the field and look and see just how far it is. What's your thought process, and how do you get yourself prepared for the kick? Well, first off, thank you. But um, really, it's just muscle memory, um, stuff we work on in practice. Um, that's for actually doing the kick. But when I go back there, um, doing my three steps back, um, Pat kind of puts his hand down, gives me a spot, um, and I keep my eye on I keep my eye on that spot. Look up at the uprights to see where I'm going to aim, and then yeah, from there it's just muscle memory and and uh, just doing what I practiced. You don't look at all at the defense then? No, not at all. <laughs> okay, Patrick, when when you're holding, and you're expecting this, I mean, I know it's all coordination, but it's real easy when the ball is the snap is put right there. What what happens with you when the ball is off center or a little you know bounces back to you? What what's your thought process? Well, fortunately, Danny, the long snapper has been really good all year. Not many bad ones, but if it is, I just got to try to adjust. And then, like Kyle said, I put have my hand on a certain spot in the ground. I just got to try to put it there, and then he'll put it through. So, is there such a thing as making sure that the laces are out? What do you do when you try to spot the ball? Yeah, well, like on PATs. I'll make sure at least he's not kicking them, but more for like field goals, you got to make sure they're for sure out because, as people know, with the Bengals, like it it can affect the kick. So, yeah, it can. Ryan, you've had an excellent year, over 41 yards of kick so far this season. When you're on the sideline and you're watching this, do you have any idea of when you might be called in, when you're not going to be called in? It's tough because even third and long with our with our offense. They get it a lot, so I try to stay ready even though I'm not going to be used much. And you've been able, like I said, to boom some kicks because when they call on you, we're usually back in our own territory. Yeah, it is nice. I mean, our offense is so good. Um, Sometimes I feel like a lifeguard at the Olympics. You need to have one, but they're not going to be used. <laughs> well, I know they've been they've been thinking about a fake for the last couple of weeks now. Is that something in the game plan for the next 3 weeks? I've been asking Hoff about it since week 1, but I don't know our offense is so good. It might be best to just keep them out there. Kyle, coming back to you real quick. Um when you're going out there for an extra point or a field goal, any difference in your your memory? Um I, everything's the same. I've I've always been taught um yeah, whether it's a PAT or a 50-yard field goal, just kind of taking the same steps, same um, same power, everything. When did you actually start kicking? I actually started kicking in uh, eighth grade. Um, my story's kind of kind of crazy. I, I ran cross country in seventh grade, um, played soccer. I played football growing up until about fourth, from like second grade to fourth grade, changed to soccer, went to co- cross country and played soccer also, and then like did soccer and football eighth grade and then I did that all high school and and fell in love with kicking so um, decided to do it at the college level okay Patrick and Ryan I've heard the story where in high school you were actually the punter and you were actually the field goal kicker Ryan is that true yeah it's true it's crazy that the role is kind of reversed now he's out there for field goal and I'm out there for punt Patrick who's the better punter uh, I don't want to comment on that one. We're we're very even. Very even. Okay, one one final question I want to ask you guys. If you had one more game to play in your athletic career, no matter what, what sport would it be in? Because I, I especially want to ask you guys this. But, Kyle, what sport would it be in and what position would you play if you just had one more game to play? One more game? I do I do kicker for the football team. I love football. It's my it's one of my favorite things in life. Um 
So yeah, I'd have to go kicking for a football team. Okay. Patrick, I'm going to give you the first up. Any sport at all, one more game to play in your athletic career, what would it be? Actually, you'll be surprised, but it's not baseball. I would go back to high school and play one more game for Corrine football. Ah, that's interesting. All right, how about you, Ryan? Football as well. Um, if it was a season, it'd be baseball, you know, 40 games over the 10. But since it's only 10 in football, big crowd, you know, it's got to yeah. go with football. Okay, Ryan, what are you majoring in? I graduated in computer science and math, and now I'm working on my master's in business administration. Great. Patrick? I graduated with um, my degree in sport management, and I'm getting my master's in business also. Good for you. Kyle? I graduated with a degree in marketing, and I'm working on my MBA as well. Good. Hey, guys, thanks a lot for joining us here. Chuck, I imagine the answer that your boys gave did not surprise you. No, not at all. Uh, they, they love both sports, and typically they love the sport that they're in season. So right now it's all football mode no matter what. They probably don't, Well, Ryan, he wouldn't know the score of the baseball game last night. The, the Astros, Patrick would probably know. But, yeah, they're, they're, that's one of them things. And when it's baseball, they're zoned in on baseball. So that's really good because some guys, yeah, they kind of miss it, and they're like, hey, I wish it would. He, they never said it. It's football season. They, that's all they think about is football. You know, it's funny because before the interview, a couple of things they said, Ryan and Patrick said, can you tell us apart? And I said, yeah, you're Ryan because you've got the lighter color hair. <laughs> he said, yeah, you know, they were kind of impressed that I knew that. <laughs> Kyle Farsing, on the other hand, this was funny. He said, you know, you met my mother before you met me. <laughs> Taking, you know, when, right, they, rode when, with went New York, when yeah. they went to New York with us. So, And I don't know if you know, they're all roommates. Yeah. Kyle, and they all have an apartment down here in Delhi. Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely great. And, and you know, the, the kickers, the... You really don't talk to them unless they do something bad. Yep, yep. I, I know how that is. I've lived the life of a parent kicker for about eight, <laughs> six, uh, eight, uh, 12 years or whatever it is. It's it, you know when it, they make them and everything goes well, it's great. But when they miss, boy, you're trying to find somewhere to hide. Well, how does how does uh, Patrick feel this morning after Coleraine got beat by Mason? Yeah, I think he's kind of like over it. I think we all are. <laughs> they had a 25-year run. It's probably over. But uh, hey, he's he's focused on this. He's loving this, and uh, we got a chance to go eight zero today, and that's where the focus is. Well, Chuck, you know, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball for the Lions right now. Noah Hammond, the defensive end, had another sack last week. He only got credited for one. I could swear he had two, two or three more in that game. He was all over the field again. Yeah. I mean, he was. He's been a beast the last three or four games. He's just uh, creating havoc in the backfield, whether it's run or pass. He's got ten on the season so far. They've all come in the last three weeks, and he leads the conference in sacks. And right behind him today is Declan Brophy, who's got six and a half sacks in the conference. He's number two. Yeah, again, we talked about this. I think defensively we continue to improve a little bit each week because at the beginning of the year things were shaky, especially against the run and, again, some against the better competition. But I feel like the last few weeks, and, and again, Hanover was a really good team, and I thought we, we made the stops, we made the plays when we had to. The Lions, as a team, they've got 26 and a half sacks. That leads the oh, league. I see, I see They're that. also fourth in the conference in interceptions with eight, and the red zone defense is third, and time of possession is first. They are really dominating 
so far in the games that they've had to play, but they got two games left after this one. And that's Franklin over there, and then Rose here. Yeah, I think, and again, not to take anyone from the defense, but our offense is so good, we keep the ball so much. And that's a good defense is a great offense, and that's what, not, I think that's it's a combination of both there. When Chuck and I come back, we'll preview the Bluffton Beavers. We'll do that right after this. Take your game to new heights at Mount St. Joseph University, where Division III champions are made. We coach our Lions to become leaders who will win on the field and in their career. With 23 athletic teams and cutting-edge facilities, we are the NCAA Division III University in Greater Cincinnati. Are you ready to compete with the heart of a Lion and become our next champion? Learn more at msjlions.com. Dayton Children's cares about the health of your children. Hi, I'm Kirk Herbstreit. Growing up in Centerville, my parents taught me the importance of being healthy, and now I'm teaching my kids. Childhood obesity is on the rise, but there are small steps that we can take to fight it. Turn off video games and go outside, ride bikes, go to the park, or learn a new dance. Parents, once we get moving, our kids will follow. Yeah! Get moving! Dayton Children's, experts you trust, caring for the children you love. Dave Mitchell, Chuck Murray right back here at Schuler Field where the Lions are getting set to take on the Bluffton Beavers. And before we get into that, a big score out of Division I college football with Ohio State. To 10, and actually, Penn State has the ball in Ohio State territory. So, my guess is been a couple of quick turnovers or something because it was 10 0 the last time we checked about 10 minutes ago. So, yep. if you're a Buckeye fan, you got to be a little worried. And now they're down by four. Well, Bluffton had a tough non conference schedule, as did most of the Heartland Conference. They lost to Kenyon, Albion, and Adrian all by double digits. Last week they handed Matt Nardo their first victory as a head coach. Bluffton came away with that 46-44 quadruple overtime thriller over Manchester. Andre Price Jr. and Ethan Beringer both hauled in touchdown passes from Bobby Bork in their first two overtimes, setting the stage for overtime number three when it goes to those two-point conversions like you said. Then another Bork to Beringer toss proved to be the difference when Manchester was unable to find the end zone in the final extra session. Manchester, I should say, Bluffton, well, they their quarterback, Burke, completed 13 of 23 passing attempts for 142 yards and three scores. Price had four grabs for 54 yards and a touchdown, and Stoner powered the Beavers with 118 yards and two touchdowns on 23 carries but where they really are going to shine have to shine today chuck is with their defense and especially with carl foster and mason brandon who paced them last week with 11 tackles each you know again to anybody that expects to to beat mount st joe they're not going to beat them 13 to 10. you know they're going to have to you know they're going to have to score a lot of points to beat us so no matter what they're doing defensively uh, it's going to be tough to hold us under 30, 35 points, really, in any given game, the way we're playing. Foster plays at a joker linebacker position. Basically, it means he can go all over the place wherever he wants. He's a 5'11 junior, 170 pounds. And then, in the backfield, they've got some pretty good guys back there, Chuck. They've got Dominic Apagea, who's got two interceptions this year. He's a sophomore. And Brandon May or Carl Foster, as we talked about earlier, the 5'11 junior, he's also been outstanding from that defensive back position. 
yeah, you know, again, they got a few good players on defense, but, you know, maybe I'm a homer here. They better have a whole lot on, on defense to be able to stop us. We're going to score some points. Yeah, and the player of the week defensively last week for the Bluffton Beavers was Welker. Brady Welker, a senior, six foot. He's the second Beaver to be named a player of the week in football this year. Jake Baumgartner is their kicker, and he was accorded the honor following the Kenyon game in September. He got the special teams player of the week award. Yeah, I believe he's a baseball player, too, if I'm not mistaken. We were up there playing them in baseball. He's a two-way guy, or a two-sport uh, two guy. Last year, these two teams played on October 2nd. It was up at Bluffton, and the Lions came away with a 45-27 victory. The Lions have won four straight, seven of their last nine. Chuck, I still remember five years ago here at the stadium when the Lions had an opportunity to win the conference and Bluffton kicked a field goal with 30 seconds to go to win by a point. Yeah, I remember I was sitting in the stands with my boys. They were redshirting that year, and, and it was just like disbelief. And even when the kick went off, well, that's no good. It didn't look like it was fluttering, and it must have made it over by a foot. And it was a really heartbreaking loss. I think we lost by one point, if I'm not mistaken. Matt Nardo in his first year here at Bluffton. He has also coached for the University of Pikeville, Marietta, Bishop McLaughlin Catholic High School, and Muskingum. Tyler Hopperton in his sixth year as head coach of the Lions, 39 wins against 14 defeats overall. And in the Heartland Conference, he's got 31 wins against nine defeats. When we come back, we'll check out the scoreboard and tell you what happened in the Heartland last week and is coming up this week after this timeout. You're a Lions fan. Own it. And we are the radio home of Mount St. Joseph Lions Sports, UltimateSportsTalk.com. Football, basketball, wrestling, volleyball, softball, baseball. We are Cincinnati's sports website and also the home of the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show every Monday night during the baseball season. We are the home of the Mount St. Joseph Lions, UltimateSportsTalk.com. I wanted to grow my leadership skills, but with work and a busy life, how could I fit it all in? Then I learned Mount St. Joseph University offers a flexible master's program in organizational leadership. For about one Saturday a month, I studied and refined my leadership skills alongside working professionals and top-notch professors. I'm now the leader I set out to be. The Mount's organizational leadership program helped me climb higher in my career. Begin your ascent at msj.edu slash msol. Boy, don't look now, Chuck, but right now, I'll tell you one thing. The Lions are going to be getting a heck of a crowd here this afternoon. Yeah, it's we're excited around campus. That, you know, We're playing volleyball as we speak. We'll try to get everybody a score on that here soon. And then we've got this great homecoming football game. And then tonight we have a home women's soccer playoff game. So it's really buzzing around here. There's recruits all over the place. There's alumni. There's staff. There's faculty. It's an exciting time to be at Mount St. Joe. Well, a couple of scores from Division One football. That Ohio State score again. Yeah, Penn State's had 14 to 10. Looks like uh, Ohio State's got first and 10 on Penn State's 13. So we're trying to get that corrected. Uh, Notre Dame's leading Syracuse 14 to 7. Uh, TCU's leading West Virginia 21-14, and the rest of the game started a little later. Well, last week in the Heartland Conference, Rose defeated Franklin, shut him out, 49 to nothing. It was, as we told you, Bluffton over Manchester, 46-44, and Defiance beat Anderson, 32-22 in that ballgame. So your standings right now heading into today. It's a two-way tie for first between the Lions and Rose Holman at 4-0. Hanover is at 3-1. 
Then comes Franklin. They are coming in at three and one. And then you've got Bluffton at one and three, tied with Defiance. Manchester is 0-4, along with Anderson 4-4. Four and, four. and I want to check out that the standings because they do have the one situation. Yeah, Franklin and Hanover each are at three and one and tied for second place in the Heartland Conference. So today, Franklin plays at Manchester, Defiance will be at Rose, Hanover at Anderson, and Rose comes to town in two weeks, but we got to worry about yeah, this one boy, and Franklin next week. Absolutely. You know, it's it's easy to look ahead, and I guess as broadcasters we can, but clearly the, the coaching staff and the players need to focus on today. Uh, you'd really hate to stub your toe today because we got, as I've talked really since day one, we got a special season going. We, we want to keep that going. And when we come back, we will talk with head coach Tyler Hopperton after this. Teaching is my calling. So when I needed to renew my license, I chose Mount St. Joseph University. The Mount offers the only program in the state of Ohio that allows you to combine two education endorsements to earn a graduate degree. In less than two years, I combined the reading and gifted intervention specialist endorsements. Classes were convenient, fully online, and I received personal attention from my professors. The Mount helped me climb higher in my career. Begin your ascent at msj.edu ohio. And we are back here at Schuler Field, and let's take a moment here to pause for our national anthem as the color guard goes out to midfield and we will have the choir for Mount St. Joseph University singing the Star Spangled Banner here today. Now we ask that you remain standing for the Mount St. Joseph Chamber Choir under the direction of Miss Kelsey DeManche, performing our national anthem. the Mount St. Joseph University Choir. We apologize for the volume on that. The Lions come into this game unbeaten, 7-0. They are 4-0 in the Heartland Conference, getting ready to win, to get to play this game here this afternoon. And this week, we have got a very short interview with Tyler Hopperton. Coach, last week's game at Hanover, a really good win for the team, and especially in a hard place to play, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they've won a lot of games here recently, and so it was good to go down there and get a tough win. Now you've got a team that, you know, six years ago, I keep thinking about that game. They booted us out of the conference championship in Bluffton. Uh, they've got a new coach. How has he changed the atmosphere up there? Um, we'll see. I mean, time, you know, still tell. I think that first year trying to flip a team is, is difficult, trying to get everybody on the same page. But you're already seeing his influence on offense. They do some really good things. Um, you know, have been able to score some points and get some guys open downfield and that sort of thing. So you, you're already seeing the influence there. And, uh, you know, time will tell once he's able to put his stamp on recruiting and stuff, um, too. Bobby Bork is our quarterback. What does he bring to the field? I mean, like I said, I mean, they'll sling it. So he can sling it quite a bit, and, um, you know, he gets some, especially their slot receivers downfield, you know, they'll get those guys vertical. You know, he's able to, to spread you out for sure, which definitely helps. they got a couple tough running backs to help complement him. Um, but he's pretty athletic and, you know, run the ball if he has to and stuff too, but, you know, ultimately can get it downfield. I know this is where you want to be with this team, 7-0, 4-0 in the conference. These last three weeks are going to be tough. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and really it's been tough this far, you know. Um, haven't really had, you know, have, have had a lot of tough games, but, you know, it's been really cool to see the resiliency of these guys that, you know, we've been down in a lot of our games and find a way to come back and win. And whether it's pretty or perfect, doesn't really matter, I guess, you know. When you have this game in front of the two games that we've got to round out the regular season, are you tougher on the team at all during the week to keep them focused? Yeah, definitely mentally. I, you know, really try to challenge them in terms of what their attitude is, you know, during practice and during film and making sure they're still going to weight room and study table and all that, that, you know, it's not time to coast, that, you know, you're working to make yourself better regardless of what your circumstances are going to be on Saturdays. Um, so, you know, constantly trying to challenge that and sometimes, you know, in in these weeks, especially after a big win, even more so than, than future opponents. Sometimes you kind of gauge it off what you just did. So it's a good win at Hanover, um, but the season's not over. There's plenty to accomplish, and, um, you know, beating Hanover doesn't accomplish our goals. So um, definitely challenge them this week with what their mindset was, and we had a good week of practice. So Tyler Hopperton before this afternoon's ball game for the Lions. Chuck, Bluffton won the toss, but they have deferred. Yeah, it, it, typically we talk about usually 90, probably 90 to 95% of the time, whoever wins the toss defers. They want to try to get that double possession at the end of the first half and to start the second half. But So let's just go down and score right away. And uh, as uh, an old coach of mine used to say, let's don't give them any courage. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, too, because the way the Lions offense – has run this year, you would think a team would want to have the opportunity to score first. Yeah, there's all kind of, you know, analytics and everything that looks into that. Um, I guess the thought would be is, hey, maybe if we can miraculously stop and get a short field and get on top of them, we're ahead and we get the ball second half. Uh, you know, there's all kind of strategy there. So but well, let's get this thing underway. Josh Taylor is going to start things out at quarterback for the Lions. He has got a 64% ratio in completions. He's got nine touchdown passes, or catches, or 18 touchdown passes this year. Five interceptions on the season. He's also got 397 yards rushing. He'll be in the backfield with Cornell Beecham. Omar Porter is out of the game, as also is Evan Schlesinger. And so the Lions will be going without those two here today. Jake Baumgartner is going to kick it off. Bluffton will be going from right to left across your computer screen. I'm Dave Mitchell with Chuck Murray. It is a short, angled kick over to the far side, taken in by the Lions. And that is Ari Turner. Turner takes it past the 40, 45, 50, picks up a block up the far side. He's to the 20, 15, 10. 
and uh, boy, what a great return. I thought maybe they might even try an onside kick to gain an extra possession because when you know you're the inferior team, you try to gain extra possessions. Great run, very nice blocking down the side, and boy, we're on the board in the first uh, 15 seconds. And Ari Turner getting mobbed by his players, his teammates, and the coaching staff as he comes off the field after that touchdown run. That thing was about 78 yards, maybe about 88 yards, Chuck. And Farfson comes in and kicks the extra point. And with 14.45 left to go in the first quarter of action, the Lions lead at 7-0. Be careful what you wish for, Bluffton. They didn't want the ball. I was going to say, that's one way to keep our offense off the field. <laughs> and that's, yeah, Ari Turner, boy. He's has not gotten a lot of time in the running back position, but Ari from Cincinnati Princeton High School, the sophomore, 5'8", 140 pounds. And last week we saw him running back some kickoffs, Chuck, and this week, boy, he did it fine. Well, he, we got so many great backs, Dave, when you talk about Cornell and Moe and uh, Holt. And, I mean, we just, they keep going, and he's in the rotation. It's just hard to find time when you've got those great players. Heck, Moe Mo McKenzie's a great running back, and it's hard for him to find touches. So, But Ari's turn will come. His turn will come, and that was a great run back. So get us on the board right off the bat. Officially an 82-yard touchdown run by Ari Turner. 14.45 to go in the quarter, and the Lions lead it 7 to nothing. So back set to return now for Bluffton as they come back out looking to return this one. It'll be Price and Cummings back about their own 10-yard line. Farfsing will kick it off. Lions will be going from left to right now as 15 seconds have elapsed and Farfsing kicks it off. Deep sidewinding kick that's going to go into the end zone and through the end zone. Bluffton will have the football at their own 25-yard line led by Bobby Bork, their quarterback, number four, 6'2 senior. He's got four touchdowns, one interception, a quarterback rating of 122. Malik Tucker will be in the backfield, number 22, He's got 448 yards rushing and three touchdowns. He's a 5'9 senior. Trayvon Cummings, Andre Price, Ethan Beringer, Ethan Beringer, and Joe Taviano are the receivers. And right away, Bluffton comes up to the line, the 25, in the pistol formation. They will move Price in motion to the far side. And the quarterback, Bork, throws it over the middle to Tucker, and Tucker has it at the 25, takes it out to the 29 for a gain of about four in the first completion of the day. Yeah, really good read there by uh, Brock Harris. Read the screen, screen well, pick up a four. As we told you, Schlensker is not playing today for the Lions at his linebacker position, and that has pushed Jacob Ferguson into oh. the position. Malik Turner's got the flare pass out on the left side. He's in a rush, rushing race with Owens, and he's gonna be caught from behind at the 29-yard line in Mount St. Joseph territory. Really nice play by the quarterback, Burke, there. It was a bad snap, and he picked it up, just a little dart out there, and boy, big gain. 42 yards on that completion. They're gonna run the hurry up here. We had a breakdown over there. Yeah, the Lions came with a blitz, and they had nobody on the outside to cover up Tucker. 
Tucker stays in the backfield. Bork is going to throw the ball into the end zone to Price, and Price might have got away with a push-off up the near side against Owens, but it went over his head incomplete. Yeah, a little bit, but it was clearly uncatchable, but sometimes even when they're uncatchable, they still call pass interference. So Didn't used to. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, and then all of a sudden now it's you breathe on them, it's pass interference. Right. So Bork the quarterback, Bork it out of the pistol formation. He's got Tucker right behind him, trips out of the far side, handoff to Tucker. Tucker off the left tackle, takes it down to the 26-yard line where he is hauled down. Couldn't quite tell who was in Looked like Nick Stevenson was in on that tackle. Could have been. Also in on the tackle for the Lions. I think Schlensker was in there. Well, Schlensker's well, not, not supposed to be playing yeah. today. No, no, not supposed to. Yeah, I don't see. I mean, check and see if he is out there, Chuck. Okay, I will. Moving in motion to the far side, Tucker dropping back and sidearming it. His Bork tried to get it to his intended receiver, and it was incomplete. Went right through his hands of Beringer. And Bluffton is going to bring in the field goal unit, although. Keep in mind that their field goal kicker, Baumgartner, is also their punter. But they're going to spot this ball at the 33-yard line. Baumgartner was hitting 50-yarders in pregame, so this is going to be a 43-yard attempt. He definitely has got the leg for it. Ball in the near hash mark. Baumgartner sidewinder. Snap is down. Kick is up. It's long enough, and it is no good wide left. Yeah, a little bit of a high snap threw off the timing, and he just barely hooked it. 13-12 left to go in the first quarter. Your score, it's the Mount 7, bluff to nothing on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Heights at Mount St. Joseph University. With 23 athletic teams and cutting-edge facilities, we are the NCAA Division III University in Greater Cincinnati. Learn more at msjlions.com. So the Lions will have the football back. This is their first possession offensively, but they do lead it 7-0. Dropping back Taylor, throws it out into the flat on the far side to Beecham. Beecham at the 25 is finally pushed out of bounds over on the Bluffton sideline at the 31-yard line for a gain of about five on the play. Yeah, just a little simple uh, out route there and pick up five. Good good first down gain. Four-yard gain on the play to the 31. Call it second down five yards to go. Ball just outside the 30-yard line. Hand off to Beecham. Beecham takes it right up the middle to the 35-40. Tripped up at the 40. Stumbles forward across the 45 out to about the 46-yard line. Yeah, he, he really read his blocks well there. and He just kind of lost his footing there. He kind of, I think somebody just barely got a hand on him and just slowed him down, but first down. About 11 yards on the carry for Beecham. He came into this game 245 yards shy of 1,000 on the year. Yards rushing. Now he empties the backfield, goes out slot left. Dropping back Taylor out of the shotgun, tries to throw it out to Beecham and threw it behind him incomplete. Yeah, Josh kind of threw him a fastball there on about a three-yard out, so a little high. So. Yeah, he should have thrown him the changeup. 12.07 <laughs> left to go in the first Second quarter. And speaking of change-ups, Philadelphia came back last night and won that game in 10 innings over Houston game one. Six to five, yeah. so they lead the World Series one to nothing. If anybody out there even cares. Dropping back, Taylor throws it into the flat, complete to Cam York at midfield, into Bluffton territory, 45, down to the 43. That was kind of a tight window, a really good catch and throw there by 
by Josh. That's 11 yards on the completion. Boy, nice job by the Lions right now moving the football. We've said it time and time again, Chuck. They are just an offensive machine. 11.43 left to go. Beecham in the backfield, dropping back Taylor. They're looking straight for the pass. Now Taylor's going to roll out, drop the football, picked it back up, and he's going to be hit at the 45 and dropped right there for a loss of two. And the man who hit him from Bluffton is still down on the field trying to find his way back home. Making the hit and dropping him was Alex Shorter. Shorter, a 6'1 freshman. And boy, he took what looked to be like a stinger, Chuck, after he hit Taylor, picking up that loose ball. Yeah, Josh, got, it looked like he was going to have some room to run, but then just, you know, dropped the ball. And, uh, you know, fortunately he was able to pick it up, or that could have been a huge turnover for Bluffton. 11-22, there was a short timeout, injury timeout. as Shorter left the field. Now the Lions, who were over-talking to Caleb Coral, the offensive coordinator, have to come back out onto the field as the referees reset the play clock at 35. Second down, 12 yards to go for the Lions, back at the Bluffton 45-yard line. And handoff goes right up the middle, and that, that is Beecham. Beecham to the 25, 20, and he's going to stiff-arm the defender and be pushed out of bounds inside the 15 at the 14-yard line. 31 yards on that scamper. Great job by the offensive line to open that hole on the left side, and, and Cornell had room to run here. Boy, you see just about anybody here in homecoming. I just saw Matt Sunderman, a former offensive lineman for the Lions years ago, just walked up the stands. And yeah, we got a great crowd here. Great today. crowd today. First down 10 from the 15-yard line. Fake handoff. Taylor throws complete to Joey Newton at the 10, down to the 5. He's going to be close to a first down. I think he's going to be shy by maybe about a yard. Yeah, actually, you kind of like that second a foot or so, and yep. you got the playbook's wide open. Moral McKenzie is into the backfield now. McKenzie for the Lions on the year. 30 carries, 206 yards. Moe's also got one touchdown, and Taylor hands it off to McKenzie, and McKenzie takes it in for a Lions score, and they lead it 13 to nothing. Yeah, just like that, Bluffton is 10, 10 minutes to go in that first quarter, and they're down two touchdowns. 13-0 Lions, and Kyle Farfsing comes in to attempt the extra point. Farfsing came into the game, and after that extra point earlier, now 40 of 43 on the season. Patrick Murray, the holder. They were both on our pregame show. Bad snap, but Murray got it down, and a kick by Farfsing is up, and it is good. 10-10 to go in the first quarter of action. Your score now from Schuler Field. It's the Mount 14, bluffed nothing on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Odyssey now has hundreds of new exclusive music stations for you to discover your new summer soundtrack. Get moving with worthy workouts for a cardio sesh fueled by today's top artists. Hang in with your crew? Throw it back with picnic party for old school jams for your cookout. Or sail away with Odyssey's new yacht rock station, Jugger Yacht. For summer barbecues, road trips, or relaxing poolside. Hundreds of new exclusive stations, plus all your favorite local radio stations and podcasts. It's all on Odyssey. Thank you, NYPD Pizza, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. NYPD Pizza, 5329 Foley Road, and nypdpizza.com. 
Dave Mitchell, Chuck Murray, right back here at Schuler Field on the campus of Mount St. Joseph University. Lions leading at 14 nothing. Penn State held Ohio State to a field goal, and now they lead at 14-13. Still, and that game is at halftime now. Yeah, it is at half. 10-10 to go. Farsing will kick it off for the second time here this afternoon. It approaches the football, kicks it off, and it is going to be taken on the near side by Bluffton. That's and a they, they bring it up the, the left side, and it caught at the 40, 45, 50. And being knocked down and almost knocked out of bounds was the return man for Bluffton, and that was Sawbeamer. Loudon Sawbeamer returning it. Yeah, there should be a flag. Uh, coming up that sideline, our guy got mugged. And let's see what the penalty call is here. Looked like it was Nick Stevenson getting held. During the return, holding, return team number 17, 15-yard penalty, sorry, 10-yard penalty from the end of the run, first down. Yeah, he, Dave, he grabbed him and tackled him. It was a pretty easy call. Yeah, that was Mason Brandon, a freshman, called for that hold, so it will knock Bluffton back. Instead of midfield, they'll have it at the 25-yard line, first and 10. And we talk, you know, those are 10-yard penalties, but in reality, it's about a 30-yard penalty because of where they would have ended up. Out of the pistol formation, Tucker right behind the quarterback, Bork. The handoff goes to Tucker. Tucker started to his left and cut it up the middle across the 25, out to the 27 for a gain of just a couple. And bottled him up pretty good there. Short gain will take second and eight. First possession, Bork was two for four passing for 46 yards. Of course, 41 of those yards came on one play. 9.38 and running here in the first quarter. Lions lead it by two TDs. Bork handoff to Tucker off the right side. He's going to be stacked up. Brought right down there again by the Lions defensive lineman and strong safety Justin Dryling is into the ball game now. Lions weren't sure they were going to play a lot of Deshaun Starks today, but he is out at the corner position on the far side. Yeah, I know they're kind of looking at trying to keep guys healthy and doing some things, but boy, yeah, if they can play, they can play up. We jumped offside. And the Lions jump offside, and then jumping offside off the left-hand side. The line did, and now they will come out. And that was Jack Tucker. Third down. Five-yard penalty on the play, so it'll bring up third down. And about three yards to go for Bluffton first down as it puts it out near the 32. 8.33 and running. Love to go in this first quarter. And it has been all Lions. Bork, the quarterback, number four out of his white jersey. He's got Tucker on the right side. Tried to get the Lions to jump again, and they almost did. I think it looks like we're bringing the house. Bork. Now looks back over to the side. Five on the play clock. Gets the snap. Here we come. Hand off to Tucker around the left-hand side. He's going to be stacked up right at the line of scrimmage. Maybe got a yard on the play. Declan Brophy came over and got the tackle. Yeah, we brought too many. They couldn't block him. So they're going to punt. So that'll bring up fourth down. They're going to say he didn't even get a yard. So fourth down, three yards to go. And coming in to punt the ball away will be Jake Baumgartner. 
averaging 35 yards a kick. Single setback for the Lions is Cornell Beecham. Baumgartner, right-footed kicker, good snap, rugby style, and now he's going to kick it away. Good high kick that Beecham had to put his hands up in front of the sun. Yeah. He's going to let it bounce inside the 20, and it'll be downed right at the 18-yard line. That's going to be a 60-yard punt by Baumgartner. Nice job. Yeah, he did. A, he was looking. He rolled out, and if, if we didn't have that contained, he was going to run for the first down, but then he kicked it, and, and Cornell, the sun was just too tough. So, uh, so now we're backed up a little bit. Real quick from the Harrington Center, Dave, we won the first set in volleyball 25-13. We trail the second one 15-14. 7-21 remaining in the first quarter of play. Lions leading it 14-0. Taylor, the quarterback, 3-4 for four passing so far for 25 yards. He's got Beecham in the backfield. Now Beecham moves in motion out of the backfield. Taylor looks up field, throws over the middle, complete on the play to Jay Taylor at the 40-45, down to the 49-yard line. Great uh, hitch and catch there. Josh hit uh, Jake in stride, and we're almost the midfield. We're on our own 49. 33 yards on that reception to our own 49-yard line. Heck of a catch. He had to reach out. just He let him just a little bit too much, and Jake really made a nice catch and hauled it in. Now straight shotgun formation. Lions in a spread formation. Three receivers out wide to the far side. Taylor drops back. Looks upfield, lots of time, throws the ball deep. He's got Beecham at the five, caught it, into the end zone, touchdown, Lions! And Beecham comes up, hobbled. He's going to hobble off to the sideline, but that's a 51-yard strike by Josh Taylor to the Lions' Cornell Beecham. And the Lions lead it now 20 to nothing. Oh boy, we're holding our breath here. He's limping off every time we get worried. Beecham, that is his 10th touchdown of the season. 6.40 to go. Farfsing comes in, bad snap. Murray got it down though. The kick by Farfsing is good. Oh, we got a flag, we got a flag. And there is a flag down near the kicker. Let's see if maybe Bluffton will yeah. the kicker. Yeah, they're running off, so. Bluffton argues a little bit, and the official said, just get off the field, young yeah. man. They're asking Coach Hop. He wants it on the kickoff. He'll take the extra point. Uh, great protection by the offensive line on that, too. Unfortunately, unnecessary roughness. Roughing the kicker. Number 21 on the defense. That 15-yard penalty will be addressed on the kickoff. 6.40 to go in the first quarter of play. Your score, it's the Mount 21 and Bluffton nothing on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Thank you, Wishbone Tavern, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Wishbone Tavern, 5251 Delhi Pike and wishbonetavern.com. Thank you, Bearcat Storage, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Bearcat Storage, two locations on Delhi Pike and BearcatStorage.com. 6.40 to go in the first quarter of play, and the Lions lead at 21-0. Hey, Mount alumni, we have some great news for you. The Mount is now offering alumni a new 10% discount on the Master of Science and the Organizational Leadership Program starting in January. Earn your master's degree with a flexible virtual format in just 20 months at a 10% discounted rate. 
Sign up now at msj.edu slash apply. And while Chuck was reading that, Farsing drilled the football right through the end zone for a touchback, and Bluffton will have it at their own 25-yard line. Boy, have we come out and punched them in the in the mouth. Boy, 21-0, 6.40 to go in the first quarter. And that goes back to, you know, do you defer, do you did not defer? We, you know, we ran the touchdown back, and they're behind the eight ball already. And, uh, you know, it looks like a good day for us and a long day for them. So Bluffton comes out, and now they're bringing in their backup running back, Kanan Stoner, Stoner number 32. Has got 97 carries this year, 388 yards. He lines up to the left of Bork, and they've got an H-back in now at Joe Taviano. Handoff goes to Stoner. Stoner went to his right, now cut it back behind the right tackle, outside the 25, up to about the 27-yard line. I think they'll give him a couple yards. Brings up second down, about eight yards to go. I think Brophy was in on the tackle on that. Boy, Declan has been all over the place so far. Yeah, he really has. And I want to reiterate the great job the line did on that last play. Josh, perfect throw, laid it right in the bread basket, and Cornell with the catch. Had plenty of time. Yeah, he really did. He could have read a book back there. Second and eight, Taviano goes in motion, low snap, but the quarterback got it. Bork hands it off right up the middle to out to the 30-yard line, and that is Stoner again for a gain of about three. Yeah. Now it's third down and five yards to go. Brophy was in on that again, so third and five. again. 5.49 left to go in this first quarter. Lions have come out and smacked the Beavers right in the kazoo. They sure have. Third and five, now looking over to the sideline, Bork. Bork rolls out to his left, looks upfield. He's got a receiver and he threw it under through Andre Price, the intended receiver on the near side. He would have been close to a first down. And it'll be fourth down, so Bluffton will have to punt again. Dave, their best play is the, 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 the play that they had a bad snap and the quarterback made uh, something out of nothing. So first time Baumgartner came out to punt the ball, he punted at 52 yards. And we got a different returner back Yeah, it's Zane Dine. Yeah. Or no, check that. In to return the punt is Akeem Hunley, excuse me. Good snap. Good kick by Baumgartner. Hunley's going to let it bounce at the 36-yard line mm -hmm. in his own territory. Just basically going to die right at the 35-yard line for a 35-yard punt. No return. Yeah, again, the, the sun's a little tough now. Baumgartner didn't hit that one as well as the other one. But, uh, again, must be a pretty tough sun there. Yeah. Well, I got here early, and, boy, when that sun was baking me in this press box, <laughs> felt like a Thanksgiving turkey. First down 10 for the Lions. Ball at the 35-yard line. Taylor, so far in the ball game, well, he's 5 of 6, 109 yards passing already thanks to that 51-yarder to Beecham. Beecham's in the backfield. Or is that Mo McKenzie? That's Mo. That's Mo. Mo blocking up front. Now Taylor, plenty of time. Throws it deep again. He's got Joey Newton complete at the 15, 10, 5. He's going to be brought down from behind at the 2-yard line. Boy, he got behind the defensive back for Bluffton, Alex Shorter. It's almost a carbon copy of the last play. Great protection by the offensive line. Really nice play call and went to the well again and a huge gain right on the doorstep again. Excellent throw and catch. Into the ball game now at running back is Devin Holt. Holt has come in. We've seen him play a couple of times this year. Running back, 
5'11", 180-pound freshman. Handoff to Holt, takes it right up the middle. He's going to be stacked up, down right at the line of scrimmage for no gain. Holt from Oak Hills, just right up the street. 4.36 left to go. Now Holt's going to come out. Yeah, he's had some really nice runs. I remember specifically up in New York, he had a really nice game. 4.23 and running left to go in this first quarter of play. 21-0 Mount. Taylor out of the shotgun now. Empty backfield. Looks up the middle. Throws into the middle of the field to Joey Newton, and it's incomplete. Ball got knocked away in the play by Trayvon, or check at, by Carl Foster. Bluffton has a lot of dual numbers. Yeah, of course, most college teams do. There's yeah. over 100 on each a lot of these rosters. 4-10 remaining in the first quarter. Lions leading at 21-0. McKenzie stays in the backfield now with Taylor. They've got dual receivers out wide to the left. Now moving in motion to the near side is Newton. Lions with two tight ends. Now looking into the end zone. Oh, what a route. Threw it into the end zone to Newton. Touchdown, Lions. Dave, that was a tremendous route. He went out. He went in. He went out. And, and then out again. Touchdown. What a great play call by Coach Coral. 27-0 Lions here in the first quarter. And Farsing again will come in to attempt an extra point. What a start. What a first quarter by the Lions. Yeah, we're definitely not overlooking them, that's for sure. Yeah. One of the questions I had for Coach Hop in the pregame. Murray the holder, Farsing the kicker. Good snap this time. And Farsing drills it right down the middle. 4.05 to go in the first quarter. Your score now, it's the Mount 28. Bluffton nothing on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Thank you, Cincinnati Open Box Outlet, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Cincinnati Open Box Outlet, 6252 Glenway Avenue, openboxoutlet.com. Thank you, Delhi Barbers, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Delhi Barbers, 402 Greenwell Avenue, and delhibarbers.com. Well, Chuck, how's the wife, kids? <laughs> I'll tell you, Dave, I'm even shocked at this. I mean, we look really, really good. We gave up one pretty big play on defense. Other than that, it's been almost perfect. Uh, just really, really look good so far, and let, let's keep that, you know, foot on the accelerator. You know, let's keep going. 28 nothing. Lions on top of it. Farfsing will kick it off. Back set to return for Bluffton is C.J. Thompson. I can't get over how good that route was the way Joey ran it. I mean, boy, was that really good. Lions, that's going to be a short kickoff on over near the sideline. It's going to take a bounce, and Thompson's going to pick it up, bobble it, picked it up again, and he'll be brought down immediately on the play by Nick Stevenson. Again, uh, last week at Hanover, we actually recovered, if you recall, a very uh, good pooch kick, and Kyle Farsing's did a really nice job with that this year. 28-0 coming up in the second quarter of this afternoon's ball game. We'll be bringing in one of the Hall of Fame recipients from last night, Mike Cronin. Yeah, Mike was a, a four-year starter for me. Really happy for him. We're going to effort to get 
Dr. Williams to come in here in the third quarter. Last time I talked to Dr. Williams, though, on the air, I got him to do a couple of pitches of play-by-play at a girls' oh, softball game. okay. And he might be scared about it. <laughs> I might try to put him to work again. <laughs> he may, may be a little little tenuous about this, so we'll, we'll try and see if we can get him on. 3.58 to go in this first quarter. Lions lead at 21-0. Bork hands it off, and it goes to Stoner, and Stoner takes it out across the 25 out to the 26-yard line. It's a gain of about eight yards on the carry. Nice little hole for him yep. there, and, and good pickup for them on first down. Bluffton right now. Bork has not played a lot this year. Matter of fact, as near as we could find, this is his just his second start of the year. 332. Bork handoff goes to Stoner again off the left side. They've got something going there across the 30 out to the 32-yard line. That's five yards on the carry for Stoner. Stoner is the backup, but he has run for 388 yards while Tucker has run for 448 yards. So not much difference between the starter and the backup. Again, handoff to Stoner around the left-hand side. Lions, yeah, as you said, not this time. Stacking it up, Brady Buller, and bringing him down for about a yard loss. Well, I don't blame them. The, you know, they, their left side opened up a couple good holes and run it until you stop them. Well, we stop them, so we'll see what they do on second and 11. Second and 11. Moving out to the far right-hand side, Chris McLaurin. Now out of the backfield goes Stoner, dropping back as Bork throws it over the middle, incomplete. Good call. Letting too far out of play. And that was Nate Owens. Yeah, good coverage by Nate. Really not much of a window to get in in there. Bork two for six in the passing department now, 46 yards. Stoner's got three carries for 19 yards on the afternoon. Third and 11, Stoner stays in at running back out of the pistol formation. And now a lot of movement by Bluffton on the line. It looked like their right guard Amore Freeland stood up, and that's what it was. It stood right up. Yeah, they don't they don't know what hit him at this point, Dave. I mean, no. they look up, it's 28-0, it's still the first quarter. They can't really get anything going. They, it's almost like they didn't get off the bus yet. Well, they did get here late, I thought, and they didn't get here till close to 11.30. Most yeah. teams are here around 10. Dropping back Bork, low snap, and he's going to throw it up the right side. It's caught at the midfield, the strike, taking it in near the 45-yard line on a nice catch on the play. And that is Deshaun Bonte. Bonte, a 6'5", 195-pound sophomore. Yeah, it was a nice throw and catch. He had protection sometime right down the middle, and nice play for Bluffton. So that's a first down for the Beavers on the play. And that is their first first down, second first down of the afternoon. Bort, handoff right up the middle to Stoner. Stoner's going to get hit and dropped by Austin Price inside the 35 at the 32-yard line. Yeah, they're opening a few holes now, so. Lions are doing a lot of substituting, though, at the defensive line. They are. Up 28-0, a minute 52 left to go in the quarter. I mean, right now you've got Rutherford into the ball game, Buller into the contest. Hammond's out of the ball game, and so is Declan Brophy. Handoff up the middle. Stoner. Stoner's going to get hit right at the line. Maybe got a yard if they're generous. Yeah, they bottled that up pretty good, Dave. Anthony Wright brought him down. Also bringing him down, Nate Owens. Now Wright's leaving the ball game. 
Lucas Bowling. It's Bowling, Owens, Owens, and Stevenson at the linebacker positions for the Lions. Bork, look to his right, now spins out under a heavy pressure. Oh, I get hit as he threw, oh. and it is incomplete, almost intercepted by a diving Brady Bowler. We put all kind of pressure on him. He was, he was backpedaling, throwing off his back foot, rolling to the left, which is his weaker side. Brady Bowler was all over him. So Bark the incompletion. He is a senior. A minute five to go in the ball game, or in the first quarter, excuse me. Third down, nine yards to go. Bluffton may think, may wish it was the, the ball game. Right now, of course, there's a lot of football left to be played, three quarters. Moving in motion now to the far side is Kale Lee. Not dropping back Bork. He's going to throw it into the corner of the end zone. It's going to be intercepted by Deshaun Stark. Starks to the 20. 25 30 up the far side to the 40. Cuts the middle of the field. 50 to the 40. Gets a block. And he's going to be. No, he cuts. Breaks the tackle. 25 20. 15 10. 5. Touchdown, Lions. No flags on the play. That's going to be a 97 yard touchdown return for an safety spot and intercepted and then what a tremendous run back. Now the referees are talking. Are they saying that maybe he didn't get in or nope, I don't well, see a flag. No flags, but they are conferring. We're all lined up to kick the PAT, so one of the offensive linemen, Chuck, was down there and basically dove. That was I believe it was ninety one, which would have been Maxwell Moore. Let's see what the officials are going to say here. They dove, and one of the Lions landed on his back, but there's no foul called. It is a touchdown. Okay, so whatever went on, they nothing's going to change here. 41 seconds to go in the first quarter. That's a 97-yard touchdown return by Starks. Unofficially. We'll wait to get the official verdict on that. But the Lions lead it 34-0. Good snap this time. Farsing kicks it, and it is good. 35 nothing Lions. 41 seconds to go. We're going to keep it right here. Boy, uh, well, I'm like I said, I'm even shocked with this. Boy, well, we have absolutely come out ready to play. Offense, defense, special teams. They have no idea what hit them. And uh, boy, we play like this. We're going to be tough, tough out. Well, we still don't have trying to effort to see whether what the, how many yards that was I thought he intercepted it near the yeah. three yard line it Chuck. was inside the 10 I thought it was around the six or seven but either way it was over 90 yards uh, what a great return and uh, I'm sure they'll have this up here very soon uh, officially what they're gonna call it over in the Harrington Center we won a close second set 26 24 so we're up 2-0, and we lead 4-1 in the third, so that's looking good. Well, all they have is that it was intercepted okay. and run back for a touchdown. Well, we know that part. <laughs> <laughs> we can even figure that part out. So, 35-0 the mound. Leads it 41 seconds to go. Boy, when the Heartland sees these scores, 
Yeah, again, that's why every week's... Oh, wow, yep. nice kick. Farsing, nice kick. It's going to be taken in, though, by McCollum. McCollum takes it out to the 15, 20, 25, and it'll be upended right at the 28-yard line. Good return on the play. Yeah, Looks like uh, Justin Dryling got him. Made the tackle. And he's going to be limping off the field. 33 seconds to go. Boy, just an outstanding crowd here today. Driving in. I got here a little bit early. The tailgaters hadn't really begun yet. But they were getting going. Yeah, it, it's really a neat thing today. Boy, and the weather's fantastic. When you have homecoming this late in the year, eh, you're kind of a little worried about the weather, but it's a beautiful day. Boy, it's a total hodgepodge of players out on the field now for the Lions defensively. Handoff Stoner. Stoner around the left end, then cuts back to the right side, and he's going to be stacked up and down right at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, a swarm of guys are all over him. That's prop. Well, are they going to run another play? I doubt it. They're now. Brock Harris, the freshman, got in to make that tackle. Nah, not, yeah, I'm sorry. They're not going to run another play. Yeah, they're walking off to the side. That's going to do it for the first quarter of play. Here from Schuler Field, I'm Dave Mitchell with Chuck Murray. You're scoring at the end of one. It's the Mount 35, bluffed at nothing on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Hi, this is Morgan Freeman. Has anyone ever said you are the picture of health? You look healthy. You feel fine, but that may not be the full picture. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cancer killer of men and women over 50. Since it doesn't always cause symptoms, you may not know you have it. The only way to know is by getting screened. Screening can find precancerous polyps so they can be removed before they turn into cancer. This is one cancer you can prevent. Plus. Screening can find colorectal cancer at an early stage when the chance for a full recovery is very high. Talk with your doctor and get tested for colorectal cancer. Medicare and many insurance plans help pay for screening. Get screened. Make sure you are the picture of health. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Well, a little tidbit. Play-by-play announcers usually use a two-deep chart. Well, when it gets to be 35-0 at the end of the first quarter, you can throw the two-deep right out the window and you grab the roster yeah. because there are so many new players out on the field right now that we're just going to have to go with that instead of the two-deep. Yeah, it's really neat that, you know, that when you get a big lead like this, you can mix and match guys and get them in, you know, and get it. because this year I know from our stand, we only played like two JV games. A lot were canceled, so it's good these guys are getting to play. Second down, 10 yards to go. Now Bluffton will be going from left to right here on your computer screen, radio dial. Handoff goes to Stoner around the left-hand side. He's going to be brought, hit at the 25 and dropped right down there. He caught the football up and the official said he was down. And they're going to spot him down at the 25-yard line for a loss of four. Noah Hamlin's all over that. Also in on the tackle again, Brock Harris from Miamisburg High School. Harris, 6'1", 205 pounds. If he's 205, Chuck, I'm 192. <laughs> we all know that isn't the case. We all leave that one alone. Third down, 14 <laughs> yards to go from the 25. Oh, and Bork let it go right through his hands. He's going to have to drop it on it at the 11-yard line. That's a loss of nine. 
and Bluffton's going to have to punt. Just nothing has gone right for Bluffton in the first 16 minutes of this game. Yeah, this is Murphy's Law for them. Everything that could go wrong will go wrong. It's, boy, this is just a total mismatch at this point. So Baumgartner is going to kick the football away. 14 minutes exactly left to go. And the Lions have got Hunley, I believe, back set to return this one. And it's a high oh. snap. Baumgartner had to jump for it, got the punt away, nice and it is Hunley. Hunley touched the football, goes back to the 35, collects it in, now cuts to the near side 40, got a block to the 50, to the 45-40, sidesteps a runner, and then there's a flag thrown from deep in the backfield, and Hunley is thrown out of bounds near the 39-yard line in Bluffton territory. But let's see what the flag is going to be. Probably something against the Lions. Is yeah, it? I would say a block in the back. James, Jake Baumgartner, punter, he really did a nice job. It was a really bad snap, and he got it off. Pretty good punt, too. 13-36 left to go. The officials will now confer, and here's the call. During the return, block in the back. On the return team, number 12. 10-yard penalty from the spot of the foul. First down. That's Ty Humphrey who got hit with that penalty. Yeah, and we may see with more substitution and more young guys playing, we may see some more mistakes uh, along the way by, by really both teams. But so every, I'm sorry, Dave, every punt in the NFL is a penalty. I can't remember the last time I saw a punt return for a touchdown in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, there's three or four block in the back. And well, I don't know where, where the one official was spotting the football all the way back to the 30, but they're going to put it now up to the 47-yard line. First and 10, Lions at their own 47-yard line, 13-36 remaining in the half. And the hand fake handoff to Holt now throws out to Brock. Brock into Bluffton territory at the 44-yard line. That is a nine-yard gain. Yeah, nice read there by Josh. He was going to hand off and, and said he saw the opening, hit Brock. Nice little gain. Second and one. So second down and one, Taylor. Now seven for ten, passing 175 yards. Have you seen Cornell or is he still in the, under the tent? Oh, I, I haven't seen him. Fake handoff. Taylor throws out under the left-hand side, complete. On the play, that's to Zane Dine at the 36-yard line. Dine with his first catch of the afternoon. We're hoping like heck everything's okay with Cornell. Boy, that would be a major, major loss. Yeah. It looked like an ankle as he came off the field, but you're right, I have not seen him. I'm assuming he's under the tent. As we scan the sidelines, taking a look. And Taylor, pumped to his right. Now he's going to run out to his left to the 30 and jumps over one of his own men downfield. Looked like it was holds and got inside the 30 to the 27. And now we've got a man for Bluffton down. Offensive lineman Colin Kander pushed his guys about 15 yards down the field. Really nice block. That looks like Marvis McWright. McWright out of Lee Thurston High School in Westland, Michigan. And something might be a cramp. Chuck, as they're taking a look at that, 12:29 remaining to go. In this first half of action, we will preview the Kentucky-Tennessee game coming up at halftime. Should be an interesting yeah, contest. And 
the Bengals play that team up north on Monday night. They sure do. And McWright now, as they try to stretch it out, is up on his feet. He's going to be aided off to his side of the field with 12.29 to go in the first half. Yeah, they just bluffed and just, it's, it's a tough situation. Guys are getting hurt. They can't stop us. It's 35 to nothing. It's, it's a coach's worst nightmare. So McWright walks off. It'll be second down, calling a long yard to go for a first down for the Lions. Taylor has got Holt in the backfield to the right. We probably are not going to see anything more of Beecham today. Yeah, I would agree with that. Maybe not even Mo McKenzie. Holt moves in motion out of the backfield. Taylor throws over the middle, complete to Jake Ayler inside the 20 to the 18-yard line. Nice catch by Jake. Uh, uh, Josh, a low throw. Jake went down and, and got it just before it hit the ground. Really nice job there by Jake Ayler. Holds out of the ball game. Now the Lions are going to go with a spread offense. Nobody in the backfield but Taylor out of the shotgun. Brock out to the left-hand side along with Newman. Taylor. Wants to put a man in motion. That's Joey Newton. Off to the far side. Dropping back Taylor. Taylor looks over the middle. Great protection. Rolls out to the left. Stops. Squares. Throws into the end zone. And it is incomplete to Cam York. Crowd wants a flag. But that looked like just good coverage by the Beavers. Yeah, that was pretty good defense. Josh tried to throw it in a really tight window. Uh, good, good job in the secondary there by Bluffton. That is just the third incompletion of the day, Chuck. Yeah, he's been spot on, and our receivers helped him a little bit. Boy, he's thrown some beautiful passes, especially those two deep ones. Boy, this almost capacity crowd here today in Cincinnati, and the Lions are really entertaining them here this afternoon. 11.37 left to go in the half. Lions leading at 35-0, dropping back Taylor. Taylor from the 19. All day. Looks in. All day. He's going to take off and run to the 15, to the 10, to the far side, to the 5, and gets upended at the 4-yard line. Dave, I can't say enough good things about our offensive line. They are just giving him all day to throw, and he still couldn't find it. But he had, he had five, six seconds to just look it over. Good job by the Bluffton secondary. Takes it off, runs for the first down. Matthews, the man who upended Taylor. Out on the far side. First and goal for the Lions. From the three is where they'll finally spot him. Well, now scoreboard says two. Looks like it might be the two-yard line. Taylor. And the handoff goes to Holt. Holt into the right side, and he goes into the end zone for the score. And it is now 41-0 Lions. Lions have scored 40 points at least in every conference game this year. Well, if you remember the pregame, I said it's tough for anybody to hold us under 30. And uh, now I guess it's <laughs> under 40 and, and maybe a lot more since we're only in the second quarter. Farsing now will kick at the other end of the field where it appears there is no wind at all. Murray, the holder, looks back at Farsing. Good snap. Patrick got it down, kick is up, and it is good. Boy, Farsing's leg is going to be sore by tonight. Your score, 10.47 to go in the half. It's the Mount 42, left and nothing on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Thank you, Delhi Liquor Store, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. 
Delhi Liquor Store, 5193 Delhi Pike and DelhiLiquor.com. Thank you, NYPD Pizza, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. NYPD Pizza, 5329 Foley Road, and NYPDPizza.com. Dave Mitchell, Chuck Murray, right back here at Schuler Field, where the Lions have really jumped out to a big lead right now. 10.47 left to go in the first half of action. It is 42 to nothing. And we'll get this kickoff underway. Bluffton will have the football. And then we're going to talk to one of the Hall of Fame inductees from last night. I don't even think in our wildest dreams we thought we'd be up 42 to nothing with 10 minutes to go. 10.47 to go in the second quarter. Just almost a perfect game to this point. Yeah, this has been quite a showing by the Lions to this homecoming crowd. Like we said, almost capacity crowd here this afternoon. Yeah, it's a great day. Thompson back set to return. Farsing. High line drive kick. Thompson will take in at his four. Up the far side to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And finally gets pushed out of bounds outside the 30-yard line. To around the 33-yard line. It'll be first and 10 for the Beavers. And now bringing in here one of the Hall of Fame inductees last night, Mike Cronin, from the 2002 class of the baseball field in Mike, congratulations. It had to be a big thrill for you last night. Thank you. It was um, good to be back on campus, see a lot of former teammates that were here. Uh, we had a great time last night. Talk a little bit about the years that you spent here. What, what are some of the memories that you have, both on and off the field? Well, I spent 99 through uh, the 2002 um, season here. Had a lot of, a lot of good memories. Um, was fortunate enough to play with a, a great group of guys, great group of coaches. Uh, we had a lot of success on the field. Um, you know, I think the, the the capstone for me was obviously our, our trip to the uh, 2000 regionals. Um, one actually, we, coach, what did we we finished we finished second, I think, that year in the conference play. Went up to Anderson, who won the conference, and knocked them and some other ones off to uh, to advance the regionals. Um, Went up to the went up to the regionals. Had a good showing up there. Had a very tough region. Uh, I think we had the number one, five, nine, and we were 24, 25 ranked in the country, all within uh, that region that we went. So we went up there. We actually lost our first game to that number nine team, but came back and beat the number one team, Ohio Wesleyan, uh, uh, the second game, and played Thomas Moore in the third game, beat them, and. Had the double dip, the uh, uh, Allegheny, the number nine team. We did beat up, beat them pretty good the uh, the first game, but just a little bit short in the second game. Same pitcher that threw against us the first game, and he had our number. But it was still a great experience. It was a lot of fun. A little disappointed not to get back there in my junior and and or senior years, but still, it was a great experience, and you know, we had a lot of fun doing it. Mike, I've heard a lot about that story driving back and forth with this guy <laughs> over the past few months, but. Uh, what did you end up graduating in? I majored in computer information systems uh, and business administration. Double major. Yeah. What are you yeah. doing now? Computer information systems. I work for uh, CentOS up in Mason, Ohio, um, in their business intelligence ah. department. Been there for I think it'll be eight years. Eight years this uh, this December. When you were trying to decide what where to go after high school, what made you decide that the Mount was the place to go for you? 
There were a couple things. I mean, I, I I didn't know Coach personally at the time, but he was uh, he was very involved in the recruiting efforts more so than I would say some other coaches that were out there more hands on, coming up and talking to you after the games, talking to even your parents, getting to know them. Um, so so that personal touch to it. Also, I had a number of. Um, I knew a few guys on the field. Uh, Jason Miller, former player who was two years older than me, he went to the same high school as I did. We played baseball in high school together. Um, so he was trying to recruit me. I had some, you know, I had some connections to the program before I was there. And our freshman class of, I always forget if it's five or six. I gotta count them in my head. But of the, if it was six, I, I knew five of them personally playing either high school ball or summer ball together. Um, they were all great players, too. Some of them, as I said last night in my acceptance speech, I expect that some of them will actually take that stage someday in the not-too-distant future. But I had those connections as well with them. Um, so that, that obviously influenced my decision as well. Mike Cronin, one of our guests here in the second quarter of this ballgame, 42 nothing Mount leading it over Bluffton. Mike, in your wildest dreams, did you ever imagine that you could be a Hall of Fame member? No. Um, I mean, I... I try to I try to be humble, but I thought I was good um, when I was younger. Not not so much anymore. Age uh, age takes its toll. Uh, but no, no, I mean I honestly I, I would say I'm not. I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I wasn't. You know I, I enjoyed the time there. It was more living the moment and you know enjoy the time on the field and off the field with the guys that we played with. I can't say that I was really thinking about you know career statistics and Hall of Fames and things like that. And, uh, it's a great honor that it came. Uh, very happy to. It's, a, it's it's great to be able to. I got two young children, two young boys myself, be able to share that experience with them and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, very appreciative of the honor and the recognition. But 20 years ago, no, it wasn't wasn't on my mind. Do, do your kids enjoy the, enjoy sports, or are they into other things now? TBD. Um, <laughs> I got. They're very young. One of them's 10 months, so he's oh, not even he's not even walking yet. Yeah. Um, and the other one's three and a half years. We'll see. Remains to be seen. He's done a little bit of soccer. I think he's a little more into the theatrics nowadays. But three and a half, so we'll see where he goes. If he if he decides to get into it, great. If he doesn't, that's okay too. Mike, what was it like to play for Chuck Murray? Uh, Chuck was Chuck was a great coach. He he really knew the game of baseball, the 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 thinking side, the play calling side, the situational awareness side of it. So I mean, having him as a head coach was you know was a, was a great asset. And you hear it a lot. You hear it a lot, at least I hear it a lot nowadays. I don't know if it was there or not when I played, but you hear, uh, you know, uh, the term players coach or whatever, and, and and I would throw Chuck into that category where he related well to all of his players. Um, it wasn't overcoaching. It wasn't undercoaching. It wasn't trying to control them or any. You know, he let us have our freedom uh, to play on and off the field. But, um, you know, that's, you know, Chuck's uh, situational awareness of the game of baseball was – uh, his biggest asset and a great asset to us and our team and our success. Mike, now that you're away from the game, away from the university, do you still uh, get get around the, the old players every once in a while? Are they still friends of yours? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I said it last night in the speech. I mean, the, a lot of the guys that I play with is almost like an extension of family. We all have other lives, families, kids, things of that. So we're not hanging out every weekend or anything like that, but usually at least once a year or so. Um, you know, I'll have a chance to see at least most of the guys that that played in those years where I spent at the Mount, which is, which is, which is great. I had, you know, some of my closest friends were, you know, guys that I played with shortly after college. I wrecked my knee playing tag football of all things. Couldn't, 
I mean, I was in a chair for six weeks with my leg locked out and all that. And, you know, one of my closest friends who was a member of that team, Ben Miller, I mean, his, fortunately for me, his girlfriend was in Connecticut doing graduate studies, so he had a lot of free time. And uh, spent a lot of time at my house taking care of me, um, you know, after after work during the day. So, yes, very fortunate to, to meet the guys and have the friendships that were, that were that were built during my time here at the Mount. Chuck, anything you'd like to ask him? Uh, what's your favorite memory? Of your game, was it the five for five against Cumberland, or? No, I mean, my favorite memory is our trip to the regional yeah, from absolutely. a team from a from a team perspective. Sure. Um, uh, Twenty years later, I have a lot. You know, <laughs> everything blends together. <laughs> there is one. You were talking last night. You were talking about the catch that Terwilliger made. You know, diving over mm-hmm. the shoulder. Or something that was obviously after I was gone, so right. I didn't see it. But I remember one, I, I don't even remember who we were playing. It was at Midland, and I don't remember who was pitching for us or whatnot, but it was like everything came together. I saw the pitch come out of the hand. I saw it was an inside pitch. I knew that the batter was going to have to turn on it. He had no other cho- I was running before he even started his swing. He did. He pulled it into the left center field gap, and I kind of caught it kind of just running off my shoulder and twisted around the fence. It was it was a good catch. It wasn't anything phenomenal, but I, I remember it was like everything. It was like slow motion. I saw it before it happened, and like that was some. That's something that I still remember and still sticks with me. It's, it's just like the way that one play came together, where that should have been a double off the fence, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. But running before he actually started his swing, seeing it unfold, and then having it actually unfold that way, was you know I, I do remember that one pretty vividly. Well, you're a pleasure to coach. That's for sure. Mike, Thank you. one more question. I'd be remiss. Any thoughts about what you're seeing out here on the field today? Um, it's kind of uh, it's kind of lopsided. I, uh, you know, for from, the good side, and, and for the yeah. good side, and for, for you know, uh, my understanding. I was a few minutes late walking in here, but my understanding it started from the very beginning with a with an opening kickoff. Yeah. Return and I, I saw the, the the pick six for whatever it was, 98, 99 yards. Um, so, yeah, it looks like a one-sided game here. We had a, we had a lot of those ourselves against Bluffton for baseball back in 2000. Well, when you, I'll I tell kid, you, I kid, I kid, I kid. I'll tell you, Mike, when you get a chance and the kids are older and they get to come here and see your name up there, that'll be the biggest thrill for them. Yes, it will, and I, and, and I'll be looking forward to uh, to showing it to them. They're actually both down in the stands right now. Obviously, nine months doesn't really know what he's doing other than drooling on himself, but. Um, uh, the three-and-a-half-year-old's excited. He wanted to come up here. I told him he couldn't. But, you know, he, he doesn't like to sit still, and he doesn't like to be quiet. So uh, this wasn't exactly a, a good fit for that. But they're enjoying being here outside at the football game. He likes every time they ring the bell with each touchdown score down there. We're sitting right in front of the bell. So they're having a good time. Mike, congratulations. Thank you Pleasure very much. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Well-deserved. Mike Cronin joining us here during this football game. One of the Hall of Fame inductees last night from the 2002 season as the Lions right now are leading at 42-7. We kind of got away from the play-by-play of this one to tell you what's happening with Mike Cronin. And uh, now Tyler Prather is into the ball game for the Lions. Prather hands it off around the left-hand side to Mo McKenzie who's into the ball game. McKenzie cuts it inside the 20. And he's going to be run out of bounds inside the 20 at about the 16-yard line. So he is down to the 16-yard line. Yeah, Dave, while we were away, we, we threw an 
an interception. They took a, a little four-play drive there and scored, and now that was a great return on the kickoff, and now we're knocking on the door again. Prather going to roll out to his right, looks into the end zone, stops, throws into the end zone. He's got a man, and it is passed. Austin Brock incomplete. Brock was double covered there in the end zone, but Prather got rid of it, put it about the only place that he could for the possibility of a score. Boy, nice to talk to people that you've coached. I mean, really. I mean, I never had an opportunity to ask them what they thought of you. <laughs> well, thank goodness he lied a little bit. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but no, Mike, you know, we had a great team back in those days. There was some really, really good, actually probably better than Division Three, to be honest with you. We were lucky to get them. Mo McKenzie in the backfield now moves in motion out of the backfield. Prather oh boy. looks over the middle. He's got a receiver that is complete on the play to the five-yard line to about the four-yard line. And making that catch for the Lions is Patrick Connor. Yeah, boy, Tyler was going to get killed. He barely got that away. They were going to drill him. So uh, nice nice release there. And then we're, we're first and going about, looks like about the four or five. 5.23 left to go in this first half of action. And just to put a, a bow on that, there's there's another four or five players, as Mike mentioned, that I think deserve to get in the Hall of Fame at some point. I'm going to work real hard to try to get them in. 5.08, five minutes and running left to go in this first half. Fake handoff, Prather throws into the end zone. Complete to Cam York, touchdown! Nice throw and catch. He really held on to that ball. Really nice, really nice throw and catch, and another TD for the Lions. And the Lions now lead it 48 to 7, with 4:57 remaining to go in this first half. Boy, it is. This one is one of those that Matt Nardo of Bluffton may just throw the throw it away. Cam York came over, and I believe he gave the football to his dad. Yeah, that's what it looked like. And farcing the extra point is up, and it is good. 4.57 left to go in the first half. Your score, it's the Mount 49, Bluffton at 7 on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. You're a Lions fan. Own it. And we are the radio home of Mount St. Joseph Lions Sports, UltimateSportsTalk.com. Football, basketball, wrestling, volleyball, softball, baseball. We are Cincinnati's sports website and also the home of the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show every Monday night during the baseball season. We are the home of the Mount St. Joseph Lions, UltimateSportsTalk.com. Take your game to new heights at Mount St. Joseph University, where Division Three champions are made. We coach our Lions to become leaders who will win on the field and in their career. With 23 athletic teams and cutting-edge facilities, we are the NCAA Division III University in Greater Cincinnati. Are you ready to compete with the heart of a lion and become our next champion? Learn more at msjlions.com. Lions leading it with 4.57 remaining to go in this first half, 49-7. Yeah, uh, Dave, a final from over in the Harrington Center. The Lions won the third set 25-20, so they, they win tw uh, three games to none. They will be the second seed. They finished 8-1 in the conference. They'll be number two seed next weekend at number one seed, Transylvania. So we wish John Spinney and the girls well next weekend. And, of course, there's a big soccer game tonight. Absolutely. We're, we're, you know, we're living here this weekend. Yeah, big uh, playoff <laughs> game. 
we're number four against Transy number five tonight. Seven o'clock kickoff. Chuck's got a sofa that he's sleeping in in his <laughs> office this weekend. High kickoff by Farsing. Takes in by Thompson at the 11 to the 20. 25-30 and dives forward across the 35-yard line and stopped at about the 36. 4.51 remaining. We'll preview the Kentucky-Tennessee game tonight. And then, that's at halftime. And the Cincinnati-Cleveland game in the NFL coming up on Monday night. Yeah, no Jamar Chase. So that could make things a lot more interesting. Well, the Browns don't have Deshaun Watson, and they never use Nick <laughs> Chubb anyway, so what difference does it make? Yeah, Nick Chubb's really good. Yeah. So the quarterback staying in is Bork. Bork looks things over, fake handoff, throws out to the far side, and it is complete on the play and run out of bounds. That's Ethan Berenger. Berenger from Cary High School up in Findlay. You know, Bluffton's right on that fringe, Chuck, where they're starting to get into some good high schools that have good high school football programs. They're right on that fringe. Handoff goes around the left-hand side, and that is to... That is Tucker. Tucker carried it out to the, up to the 40, just shy of the 45-yard line, third down a yard. Well, you're right about the two deep. I'm trying to find some of our guys, and they're off the two deep. Yeah. So it's third down, a yard to go, 354 remaining in this first half. Now moving in motion to the far side is Taviano. Handoff goes off to Tucker, and Tucker's got the first down to midfield. Gain of six, first down for the Beavers. I mean, you're looking at Cary High School, who has uh, some good programs up in that area. They're right there next to uh, another one, St. Henry, who's always got a good program. Coldwater, who's got a yeah, good program. I know you're from up in that area, and, yeah, I've, I've heard of those schools. They've always had you know, pretty good football programs and make some deep playoff runs. Yeah. It's a lot different than Defiance, even though they're in the same vicinity. Defiance normally stays in that northwest Ohio corner. There's not really a lot of good programs up in that area. Dropping back oh, is the quarterback, it. and he's got the receiver. Complete at the 15 and run out of bounds by Austin Price at the 10-yard line. It went to Ethan Berenger. Wait. Yeah, he laid it right out there for him. He ran underneath it. Nice throwing catch. Yep. You could see glimpses of, I mean, Bork has just been hit upside the head with a two-by-four early in this ball game, but now that they've kind of, things have slowed down for Bluffton, they're showing some signs of improvement. Of course, the Lions are playing with a lot of third and fourth team players, too. Handoff up the middle to Tucker. Tucker takes it inside the 10, down to about the 7. Gain of three on the play. Right, Noah Hammond's going back in there. Hammond Brock back. Harris. Brock Harris has played really well. Yeah. You know, unless something different happens in the second half, Lions have really put on a show here, but nobody has really accumulated a lot of yardage or superstardom in this game, Chuck, that would give them a Heartland Conference Player of the Week. Handoff <laughs> goes to Tucker around the left side. He's going to be hit at the line of scrimmage. Brought down by Owens near the six-yard line. That's a about a two-yard gain. Well, again, Dave, that goes back to when you get big leads and you know, you're taking starters out, and, and that's when it, you know, it can be a little misleading, uh, or you could 
play your guys the whole game, but that that's you know that's not right either. If you're, you you got a big lead, you got to let these other guys play. But then you like you say, you can't maybe accumulate the statistics. Ohio State back up on top of Penn State, 16-14. Yeah, they're in a dogfight. Yep. And the snap goes to Bork. Bork rolls out to the near side to his right, throws into the end zone, and just threw the ball away right over the top of Taviano who was covered on the play, and Bart just tried to unload it. Yeah, Ohio State was a big favorite over Penn State, and boy, you know, anytime you go up there, especially at night, fortunately for them it's the afternoon, but that's a tough place to play. Yeah. So they're going to go field goal, Dave. So Baumgartner's coming in. Minute 25, Matt Nardo doesn't want to waste this drive by Bluffton. He wants to get something out of it to use for future reference. Minute 25 to go in the half. Locklear is the holder. Bad snap. And he's going to have to pick it up, roll out to the left, looking into the end zone. He's going to get hit by Hammond and drop at the seven-yard line. Boy, that's just having a tough day. Yep. Just off to the side, and yeah. it was just wasn't able to put it down. Locklear, and by that time, Baumgartner was about three quarters of the way there. Like you say, you know, most people say, "Well, why aren't you just going for it? You're down." But he's thinking, "Hey, not this game as much, but maybe the next game. Let's get this guy make a field goal, get build a little confidence with him. We might need him in a close game, and then they can't even get the the snap down." So the ball will be spotted on the far hash mark. Lions will take it over first and ten at the nine-yard line in their own territory. I would think we would about just, the eight. Yeah, I would think we would just see a couple runs here to get into halftime. Yeah. We've been wrong before. We've been way wrong before. <laughs> Handoff goes to Mariano McKenzie. McKenzie takes it up to about the nine for a couple-yard gain. Maybe about a yard on the play. Second down. Call it nine yards to go, a minute four remaining. Yeah, no reason to get cute here with a 49-7 lead. Just let's just run it into the... Out wide to the left-hand side for the Lions is Zane Dine. And they have got Patrick Connor slot left, handoff to McKenzie again. And he struggles to get up to the line of scrimmage. No gain at all. Bluffton pretty much knows what the Lions are going to do, and they've just got yeah, I didn't eight, know. nine men in the box. Yeah, I didn't know if Bluffton would call timeout, maybe try to force a punt, but at 49-7, to I think they're like, hey, we might not even run a play here. Clocks are about the same. Lions are starting to sneak towards the locker room. Yeah, there's no really reason to run a play. 16 seconds, yeah, the play clock almost, almost yeah. simpatico. Yeah. And that should do it for the first half of action, and it will. And it has been quite a first half for the Lions' best of the year. We're at halftime. Your score from Schuler Field. It's the Mountain 49, Bluffton 7. I'm Dave Mitchell with Chuck Murray. Our halftime show is next on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Thank you, Delhi Skyline Chili, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Delhi Skyline, 5137 Delhi Pike and SkylineChili.com. Thank you, Bearcat Storage, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Bearcat Storage, two locations on Delhi Pike and BearcatStorage.com. 
action. Eh. Using gay to mean dumb or stupid, not cool. Not in my house, not anywhere. Words have consequences, you know, so we, we're accountable for the things that we say, and, and words have meaning. And so we have to be careful with the things that we say and be sensitive to others. And so hopefully we can get that across. For someone like Grant Hill to say, and I believe it's wrong, um, and I want you to stop doing it, um, I think is very powerful. It's not creative. It's offensive to gay people. And you're better than that. When it comes to you know, homophobic in, in the sports world, it's come a long way. And I think that people are realizing that you have to respect one another. You have to respect people's values and what they are because we're not here to judge. And I think it's, it's critical to start the standard for people that are in kindergarten, first, second grade. And it starts with the NBA because uh, a lot of these people, you look up to the stars, these role models, and kids want to be you. And if they see how you're acting towards this, um, it definitely will sway a lot of people. With small class sizes, over 22 different NCAA Division III men's and women's athletic teams, an eSports team, a vibrant arts and theater program, and dozens of student clubs and campus activities, you'll be sure to find your place at the Mount. Discover your potential. Discover the Mount. Visit our website at msj.edu slash admissions. In the game of life, it's not how far you can throw the ball. It's not how high you can fly. It's not how fast you can run. Or how many touchdowns you can score that matters. It's really how you play the game that counts. Because the game only lasts four quarters. For a few years. For that moment in time. Good sportsmanship. 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 Lasts a lifetime. What a day this is going to be in college football, the top 25. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Schuler Field. I'm Dave Mitchell, along with Chuck Murray. And this afternoon, we're bringing you the ball game for homecoming between the Bluffton Beavers and the Mount St. Joseph Lions. But a lot of games going on right now in college football. But in games that are coming up later on today, let's take a look at those. First of all, number eight, Oregon, is going to be at Cal. Number nine, Oklahoma State, travels to 22nd-ranked Kansas State. Wake Forest will be at Louisville. You've got tonight uh, Ole Miss playing at Texas A&M. Cincinnati at 3.30 this afternoon is going to be down in Florida taking on UCF. Tonight, number 21, North Carolina, will be playing at Pittsburgh. It is 25th-ranked South Carolina being the host to Missouri this afternoon. That will be at 4 o'clock. Tonight games, number 12, UCLA, will entertain Stanford. At 6 o'clock, USC, 10th ranked in the country, will be at Arizona. But the big game of the day has got to be in Tennessee, where the Vols are going to be entertaining 19th ranked Kentucky. This is the highest the Vols have been ranked in years. They are number three in the country right now, and that game is going to get underway at 7 o'clock. We're going to go down to the Kentucky Sports Radio Network and listen to the preview of this game with their man, Adam Lockwood. And one thing I respect about Mark Stoops is he does not hide away from these big moments. It, it can be very easy for others in the sport to kind of fall on the coast week this week, but Stoops really embracing it. It's a huge week for, for the team. Um, and saying, he got asked today, you know, do the players get up more for this week? And he said, well, they better because if you don't, you can go get embarrassed. So they have put a 
a big emphasis on this game. You can tell that they are highly invested and highly motivated for this opportunity, and this huge opportunity. Going and playing an undefeated Tennessee team on the road, we learned today. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, Holly Rowe, the number one team for ESPN is going to be on the call. It's a big moment, and Kentucky seems to be embracing that. The big talking point today was really kind of the tempo and the spacing and the offense and how how you kind of play um, and how you guard against Tennessee. And Sue's pretty much brought it up. It's just you got to win one-on-one. And you're going to be in isolation. you got to win your fair share of matchups. Um, and you got to get stops when you can. And I think for Kentucky this week, it's all about tempo, just in the tempo. Stoops believes that the Ole Miss game, where they had to play against crazy tempo, is going to help them this week. Um, and really most of the talking point was on the defense. We really didn't hear much of offense. We got a small little Will Levis update. He's doing better, um, but he's still not – we don't know if he's fully percent healthy. I don't think he's ever going to be 100% healthy, but – it's a big week for Will Levis. That offense is going to have to score some points. Um, but, again, most of the focus has been on this Tennessee offense. Josh Heupel, Mark Stoops worked with Josh Heupel at Arizona. He played at Oklahoma for his brother Bob, uh, was the offensive coordinator for his brother Bob, and, and then I, he actually got fired by Oklahoma, went off on his own, and now he's got Tennessee rocking and rolling. So a big challenge for Kentucky kind of matching up with Tennessee in their tempo and not getting – hit with haymakers early, I think it's going to be a big point of emphasis for the, for the team. And really, um, overall injury update. We've got Tavian Robinson is back on the depth chart. Jeremy Flax is back on the depth chart, but no Jacquez Jones. I think the expectation right now is Jones is going to be out for this game. You're not going to see him, so a big moment for De'Eric Jackson and Trevin Wallace again. They're going to get a lot of snaps down there in Knoxville. And so we'll see, but Mark Stoops said they're really close to 100%. It's probably as healthy as they've been to this point or in this in this season since probably the beginning. So I think that's a good sign when you're looking at Jeremy Flax. Obviously that hamstring's been an issue, but also when you're looking at Tavian Robinson, he's going to be big this week um, because a lot of pressure is going to be on the offense. They have to score and they have to keep up. Um, there was talk about aggression with Mark Stoops. Everybody remembers the middle eight last year. They they throw it to Wandell, drop on third down, go for it again on fourth down. Another could have been two tough catches by Wandell, but those were catches he made all year. Tennessee goes down, kicks a field goal, and that was kind of the game. You know, if the game goes different, there Kentucky wins. So there was a lot of talk about that with Stoops, how you manage the game, clock management. It, it's something where he says, kind of, you just got to kind of figure it out in game. But there's going to be key third downs. You got to win on both sides, offense and defense. So that's really where we're at right now. But the, I think the bigger overall takeaway here is this is just a huge moment for the football program. You're going down, play in a huge stage down there in Knoxville at Neyland Stadium, and you've got a chance to play spoiler here if you're Kentucky football. Just a couple of other games going on in college football this afternoon and this evening. You have got going on in the Big Ten, number 17 Illinois will be at Nebraska. Another big game happening in the Pac-12 this afternoon, and that's going to be Oregon at Cal. That game will kick off around 3.30. TCU will be at West Virginia. And tonight, fourth-ranked Michigan will be entertaining Michigan State at the Big House. Well, Monday Night Football is going to get underway this weekend, and that's going to be up in Cleveland for the Battle of Ohio between the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, well, they seem to be hitting their stride right now. But on the other hand, the Cleveland Browns, who are 2-5, and five, cannot seem to win unless they give Nick Chubb more than 20 carries a ball game. And, of course, their $250 million man, Deshaun Watson, 
We'll be back in just a couple of weeks, but will it be just too little too late for the Browns? Let's wait and see. But Monday night's encounter is going to be previewed by the NFL Network. The Cincinnati Bengals and their high-flying passing attack. Oh, he's got him wide open and strolling in for the touchdown is Tyler Boyd. Brown's defense has a tall task this week. Find the formula that stops Joe Shiesty and his buds. Joe Burrow threw for 481 yards last week, three touchdowns, no INTs, a rating close to 140. He's posted a rating over 110 in four of his last five games, 12 touchdowns, just one INT in that span. Tremendous placement on this ball from Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. Browns have to have three cornerbacks have good games. Games. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd all came close to 100-yard games against Atlanta. What does Cleveland have to counter with? They've played the pass solidly overall, have held QBs to a completion rate in the low 60s, rating against 92.4. That's acceptable range. And it is intercepted! Denzel Ward missed last week. He's the top candidate to chase Chase if he's healthy. However, he has given up a few TDs, rating allowed over 100 on the year. If he's out, then maybe Greg Newsom slides over to Jamar. He's had a nice 2022, holding QBs to a sub-75 rating. Expect Miles Garrett to help up front. He added another sack to his 2022 total in Week 7, has a half dozen this season. For Garrett, he's got him, and Tony goes! Burrow, of course, is a grass expert, if you will. Three more sacks taken in week seven. Burrow is sacked for the third time today. Most understand the deal on this front, though, unless the Browns get him for major yards or on an important third down or cause a fumble, they're just another play to him. He sees it as taking a strikeout, an out's an out, so he gets up for another swing without much thought being put into it. Burrow's hit on 12 straight passes, but here he's going down, courtesy of Lorenzo Carr. Bengals run game. Joe Mixon is still trying to keep defenses honest. He scored last week. Mixon gets another opportunity, stumbles, but enough momentum to fall forward and score the touchdown. He's averaging just 3.4 a carry, though, so he's still along for the ride in most of their games. The Browns could allow him to move up front if they aren't careful. They have struggled against runners, giving up 4.7 a carry. Nick Chubb, on the other hand, not riding along in anyone's car or even sitting shotgun. He's the driver of the Browns bus. 91 yards last week, 5.7 a carry, touchdown, 8 TDs on the season, 5.9 a run on the season, over 100 yards per game on the season. Breaking tackles and up the sideline. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Cleveland. Here's a thought. Feed him more. Browns have four losses in a row. One common denominator, Chubb had fewer than 20 carries in all four of those losses. Cleveland's two wins, 20-plus carries. I know it's not that simple, but still, would be fun to see him with a 30-plus carry game sometime. Why not have it be against a team like the Bengals, who are giving up 4.6 a carry? Their DTs and linebackers are beat up some, too, so they might be especially vulnerable to someone of Chubb's class. 
Plus, why play into the Bengals' defensive strength? They almost had a bye last week, only faced 13 pass attempts. Season work versus quarterbacks, though, mighty impressive. Rating allowed, mid-70s. Completion rate allowed, under 60. Yards per attempt allowed, low sixes. Von Bell back at the safety position, gets that overthrow. Cheeto Awuzie versus Amari Cooper. There's a nice one-on-one. Awuzie has been on the other team's WR1 all year. Rating against 55.6. Of all players involved in at least 25 targets this season, that's sixth lowest. He's only allowed QBs to complete 40.4% of passes. Cooper, he got hit with a big offensive PI in Week 7. He still had three receptions on four targets, 74 yards. He's Jacoby Brissett's top target, averaging 60 reception yards per game. Brissett's going to go deep downfield wide open. And DPJ comes in off a productive outing. Donovan Peoples-Jones, six targets, six catches, 71 yards as well. Oh, they get around Wills, but he's going deep, and he's got him! Peoples-Jones has got the ball! So Brissett is equipped with some good pass catchers. He used them well in his last outing, close to 260 yards, over 9.5 yards per attempt a rating over 105. He just hasn't played like that in most games. Low 60s completion rate, low 80s rating, under 7 yards per throw. It's intercepted by Mills! Brissett does face a better-than-average pass rush. Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have helped the Bengals generate a 29.1 pressure rate. That's pretty good. Hendrickson with three and a half bags on the season. He did leave last week with a stinger, so have to see how bad it was. Cleveland has been in every game they've played. Their record could easily be much better than it is. Bengals looking like they're hitting their groove. This has been a wacky year so far, though. That game will be Monday night, and it will kick off at around 8.20 up in Cleveland. Now, here's some other games happening on this Halloween weekend. On Sunday, the Panthers, who find themselves in first place in their division, will be on the road playing the Falcons. The Dolphins will be in Detroit taking on the Lions. The Cardinals are in Minnesota to play the Vikings. Chicago goes to Dallas, and they'll take on the Cowboys. The Eagles will be entertaining the Steelers in the Battle of Pennsylvania. The Raiders are in New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Patriots will be in New York to play the Jets. Also, Tennessee goes to Houston on the 4 o'clock games. That'll be to play the Texans at 425. The Giants are in Seattle. And also in another Sunday afternoon game, the Washington Commanders will be in Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Now, the final 4 o'clock game on Sunday will have the 49ers in Los Angeles to play the Rams. The Sunday night game has the Green Bay Packers who are really in dire straits right now as they're on a three-game losing streak. They are going to be in Buffalo to take on the Bills. And as I said, Monday night, 8-20, the Bengals will be in Cleveland to take on the Browns. I'm Dave Mitchell, and Chuck Murray and I will be back with a look at the first-half stats of this ballgame between Bluffton and Mount St. Joseph on homecoming weekend at Schuler Field right after this timeout. Thank you, Wishbone Tavern. For your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Wishbone Tavern, 5251 Delhi Pike and wishbonetavern.com. 
When I needed to renew my teaching license, Mount St. Joseph University offered the only program in Ohio that allowed me to combine two education endorsements to earn a graduate degree fully online. The Mount helped me climb higher. Begin your ascent at msj.edu slash Ohio. Thank you, Delhi Skyline Chili, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Delhi Skyline, 5137 Delhi Pike and SkylineChili.com. Well, the Lions lead it here at half, and this is a halftime score of 49-7 to over the Bluffton Beavers. And it has been absolutely a runaway for the Lions ever since the opening kickoff of this one, Chuck. Yeah, it's it's been a nightmare for Bluffton. It's been great for us. We've, we've had maybe one or two minutes. We threw a little interception that led to their touchdown. But we've scored on offense. We've scored on defense. We've scored on special teams. It's been and it's homecoming, and now they're announcing some of the Hall of Fame inductees actually right now as we speak. So it's and volleyball won their match. So it, everything's going great today. A couple of uh, HCAC scores. Uh, Franklin leads Manchester 14 to 6 with four minutes to go in the half. Rose is up on Defiance 55 to 14 with 250 to go in the half. And Hanover leads leads Anderson 34 to 3 with one minute to go in the half. So really none of those surprises. Chuck, two weeks to go in the season. You might as well chalk this thing up as a win. Yeah. The Lions will be 8 and 0. They'll be 5 and 0 in the conference, but two games left with Franklin over there next week, and then Rose Holman the following week right back here. Man, I hope we have a standing room only crowd for this one. That's shaping up like, you know, just a not only HCAC game of the year, but one of the national games of the year. Yeah, it'll have to be because, you know, the thing about it is when you, when you, and there's no, to be honest with you, Chuck, there's no reason to go over stats right now. Right. I mean, let, let's talk this out because if the Lions win the conference, they're going to be unbeaten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they'll be ten and zero. They have a better opportunity of getting a higher seed with that ten and zero record than Rose would have with a three loss record. Right. And I guess the only other scenario that could play out if Hanover would beat Rose, Rose would beat us. We'd all be one loss in the conference, and we would get the bid based on our non-conference record. So then we would probably open on the road. If we can go 10-0, I think there's a, a pretty decent chance we would host a first round. Game. And I know the school's already put in a bid for a for, Absolutely. For yeah, a and home we, game. we get a crowd like this, and you know, I guess it depends who you're playing, how they match it up, how that's all determined. Uh, you know, To be honest, in the past we haven't really ever hosted a game, so that doesn't play in our favor. But we'll see. Again, we got to take care of business. Uh, like you said, I think we can pretty much mark this one up. But uh, going on the road to Franklin, and of course the big one again, it's Rose at home in two weeks. Can I can I put in a can I put in a hope that won't get me in trouble? <laughs> I think we would have a better opportunity of hosting a tournament, a playoff game here, if we had visitor stands. Well, you know it's ironic. <laughs> we were talking about this this week. Me and Steve Radcliffe, actually our former athletic director, was in the office the other day. And I said, Steve, I think of the schools that play football, Transylvania obviously doesn't in our conference. They all have visiting stands, and we went through the kind of the scenario of why they didn't, and you know the hill on the other side, and the you know all that goes with it. But that really, I, I just think it looks better. I think we got a beautiful stadium. Don't get me wrong; it's beautiful. Uh, our, our the side with the stands is, is is tremendous. But it would be nice to have that visiting. Can side. I ask a question? Sure. Who owns the land over on that far side, on the other side of the fence? I believe that's 
hours, but I can't swear by it. So, uh, you know, there is some room, you know, but then again, to try to walk on the other side, you'd have to really walk around. You wouldn't want them walking across the track. So when this was designed years ago, maybe the thought process was we really don't need a visiting side. There's enough room over here. But I think, I think hey, it looks better, and I think also if there's any going back and forth with fans in the stands, if one's on one side, one's on the other, you don't have those issues. Here's the ironic issue. The ironic thing is, Earlham doesn't have a football program either, but they got visiting stands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I forgot to mention, yeah, they did have one, and they shut it down a few years ago. But yeah. yeah. So I, I just, you know, me personally, I think it looks better, and I think it's it's better from a security standpoint and everything. But, uh, but you know, we don't have it, but we got a beautiful home side, and, and, and it's a beautiful beautiful setting and, and everything. So I guess, you know, you can't have everything. 49-7, the Mount leads it. Second half action coming up next on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. You want to advance your career through education, but you have a busy family and work schedule. Mount St. Joseph can help. The Mount's School of Business offers an MBA program on Saturday mornings where you can earn your master's degree in two years. Courses are led by faculty who are experts in their areas and taken one at a time, and the GMAT is not required for admission. Classes every Saturday can make a huge difference in your life and your career. Learn more about the Saturday MBA program. Visit msj.edu slash MBA. Thank you, Delhi Barbers, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Delhi Barbers, 402 Greenwell Avenue and DelhiBarbers.com. Well, it's 49-7. The Mount leads Bluffton here at the half. I'm Dave Mitchell with Chuck Murray, and we're going to have an experiment early in this third quarter. We all know Chuck Murray is very good at multitasking, and today he is going to attempt to do color commentary and eat all at the same time. <laughs> this should be an interesting experiment. Well, this is one of them games, Dave. I think that no matter what the final score is, you know, the game was pretty much decided at halftime. Right. I know Defiance a few weeks ago, I think we were up 41-7 to at half, and Ended up a 20-point spread, and that was And just like last week, 15 points was a not li- very misleading. Correct. Firesink's going to kick it off. It'll be taken in by Thompson at the 11 on the far side to the 20. 25-30. Breaks a couple of tackles, 40. And he's run out of bounds right there by Devin Donaworth over on the far side, outside the 40. Looks like, is that a flag around the 42 there that I see, or is that just somebody's... Looks like there's some yellow on the field there, doesn't it? At the 42 right there. I can't, I can't see it amongst all the. Okay. The feet. And I'm talking about 42 over here. Oh. Yeah. Let's Let's see what the official has to say. It looks like he's ready to. Oh, it looked like the official was ready to say something. He is. Died on the kicking team number 31. That five-yard penalty. Added on to the end of the run. First down. So it's an offside against the Lions on the kickoff. It's ironic. Last week, if you remember, (laughs) we were talking in the Hanover game. Both teams are offsides every time. It's never called, and now they call it. If I I can have one gripe about today so far, you know, our kickoff coverage has not been great. They've got it out to 35-40, and now we're at the 45. Yeah, that's kind of really improved because you cannot go up against a Rose Holland team and have them start there all the time. So, Bluffton going from left to right, hands it off to Stoner, and Stoner gets hit right at the line of scrimmage for no gain. Yeah, again, that's 26. He's all over the place. Nick, Nick Stevenson. Stevenson. 
Now there's a guy that might have an opportunity at a defensive player of the week. He's been all over the field. But there's not going to be enough stats offensively by anybody to get the offensive player of the week. Second down, 10 yards to go from the 46 in Bluffton territory. And the quarterback throws it out into the left flat, and it is incomplete. Burke tried to throw it out to Beringer. Well, now they're saying it's on. Yeah, it is Andre Price. Excuse me. Went right through his hands to the turf. Yeah, Austin Price was on the coverage. He had a small window to throw it through. He had a linebacker. I couldn't pick up the number. He was in the throwing lane, and he had a kind of double pump, and, and he threw it low. Stoner starting at running back here in the second half in place of Tucker. Now moving in motion out of the backfield is Stoner. Dropping back is Burke. Throws over the middle. Incomplete. Trying to get it to his intended receiver, K.L. Lee, the senior wide receiver. And that'll bring a fourth down, 10 yards to go, and I still don't have a Cornell Beecham sighting on the sideline, Chuck. Yeah, I'm talking to a couple people at halftime, they don't seem to think it's serious, but boy, when you don't see him, and we keep looking, and uh, boy, you, it worries you. Good pressure that time. The quarterback hit, got a bad snap. He's backpedaling, throwing off his back foot. So. Yeah, I don't even see him without the pads on. And Baumgartner is going to rugby style it, and he finally gets it away. High kick that will be hitting at the 29 in Mount Territory. Bounces inside the 25 and will be downed at the 22-yard line. And that is going to be a 42-yard punt. Yeah, he rolls out, and he looks like, you know, he if, if you back off, he's going to run. Uh, but that time we, we held our ground, and actually we got pretty close to blocking it. Well, I just got I just got a Cornell Beecham sighting. He is down talking to the defense over over here. And he does not have his pads on, so okay. he is done for the day. Yeah. 13.48, left to go. Prather starts the second half at quarterback. Looks to his left, now throws to his right, and it is complete on the play. Nice throw, nice catch for a gain of about three yards to Patrick Connor, the freshman wide receiver from Alter. Yeah, good decision by Tyler there. His first option was not open, so he looked back to his second. Completed a small gain, but, you know, got four out of it. We're seeing guys in here now, Chuck, that we're probably going to see a lot of in the next couple of years. Malachi Hill is into the ball game now, just came in. Now moving on in motion is Ari Turner. Throw by Prather, intercepted by Bluffton at the 30-yard line. Cuts to the far side to the 25, puts his head down, and is run out of bounds over near the 18-yard line. That's Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis from Rickman, Ohio, which is over in between near Akron and Doylestown, Ohio. Yeah, I don't think Tyler saw him there. He, he kind of jumped in front and uh, he just kind of threw it right to him. I know Rickman very well. That's in the same conference that my sons played. Oh. Sports in the Wayne County League. So, Bluffton sets up shop at the 23-yard line with 13.04 remaining in this third quarter. Quarterback Bort. Bort, low snap down near his knees, hands off to Stoner around the left-hand side. Stoner, spin move down to the ninth, maybe about the 20-yard line. That's where they'll put him down at for a gain of three. Number 32, Kanan Stoner, the ball carrier. 
12.50. I'm kind of surprised, Chuck, actually, that the Lions are throwing the football. You would think that they would just try to run the clock. Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, Tyler is your backup, so if, if something, God forbid, would happen to Josh, he's got to be ready to play. But yet, you're right, at 49-7, to you'd think we'd see a, maybe a little bit more running. Lions showing blitz. Now they back out of it. Bork comes up. Audibilizes at the line of scrimmage. Play clock down to five. Takes the snap down. Fake handoff. Throw over the middle. Batted yeah. down by Noah Hammond. Yep. He got Noah Number got the throwing ten. lane there and knocked seven. it down. And he's mad that he wants an interception so bad. You know, Noah is putting up numbers right now, Chuck, that could get him defensive player of the year. Yeah, he, well, especially like you say, he's kind of started off slow, as our whole defensive, but each week's getting better and better. He's been like a beast the last three weeks. Yeah, third down, seven yards to go. Bork hands it off to Tucker around the left side. They're going to run for it, and Tucker's going to be pushed out of bounds near the 15-yard line. See, they're going to spot him out at about the 17. I guess the thought there was that, you know, four down territory, we'll go ahead and run it and see what we do now. Probably going to have to throw it here on fourth and about four. 11.54, excuse me, remaining. Third quarter action. Fourth down, four yards to go. Bluffton's going to go for it. Well, what the heck, what yeah. do they got to lose? They've yeah. got Tucker in the backfield to the left of Bork, out of the pistol. Now he moves over to the right. Receivers spread out on both sides. Now... Tucker moves in motion. Low snap, but Bork gets it. Throws over the middle. Complete at the 10 to the 5. And into the end zone for the touchdown is Ethan Beringer. Yeah, basically a simple choice route. He could either go out left or come cut to the middle. The middle was open. He hit him and walked right in. Nice play design and nice run by the Beavers. And now they are down 49 to 13. With 11... 23 left to go in the third quarter. <coughs> and Baumgartner is going to come in to try the extra point. Lockler the holder and the kick is up and it is good. 11.23 left to go in the third. It's now the Mount 49, Bluffton 14 on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Thank you, Cincinnati Open Box Outlet, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Cincinnati Open Box Outlet, 6252 Glenway Avenue, openboxoutlet.com. Take your game to new heights at Mount St. Joseph University. With 23 athletic teams and cutting-edge facilities, we are the NCAA Division III University in Greater Cincinnati. Learn more at msjlions.com. Well, after that interception that Prather threw to Bluffton, it was taken away by Davis. 11-23, Bluffton puts it into the end zone. It's 49-14. Yeah, you know, even at this point, you better be ready for a potential onside kick. You know, at the, you know they're trying to figure out ways to get the ball, and I don't think realistically they think they can win, but they still got another almost half to get better, you know, for the next week and down the road. Number seven for the so the Lions still lead it by 35. That deep, number 11 for the Lions, Ikeem Hundley. Hundley is back set to return. It's a low line drive kick. The Hundley takes in at his five. Straight up the middle to the 20. And hits the 25. And then 
kicks out to about the 30-yard line, and now we've got a penalty flag thrown about 20 yards away from the play. Zane Dine came up clapping his hands. I think he believes he came away with getting somebody from Bluffton. Yeah, they were, were going at it pretty good, and, you know, usually it's the last guy gets caught, you know, and the first guy maybe gets away with it, so let's see what they call here. And the official's still talking it over. After the play, dead ball, personal foul, unnecessary roughness on the kicking team, number 42. That's a 15-yard penalty added to the end of the run. First down. 11-15 left to go, so a 15-yard penalty. We'll take it from the 30 out to the 45-yard line for the Lions, and they'll start right there with Prather again at quarterback. Yeah, I'm sure Bluffton's frustrated with the way the game's going, and, you know, you, you kind of get in there and you're getting after each other and then you want to get that last lick in and then before you know it you're getting 15 against you. Now Coach Hopperton's up so he's talking to official maybe he's thinking maybe a lot more was going on than just that 15 yard penalty so. Yeah they're way away from the team yeah. talking this one over. Yeah. Ari Turner in the backfield now next to Prather and the handoff goes to Turner. Turner cuts it to the outside now spins to the inside and then is twisted and thrown down after about a two and a half yard game. Tackle on the play made by Brady Walker. Walker, the reigning Heartland Conference Defensive Player of the Week. Eleven minutes to go. Probably will not be named that this week. <laughs> yeah, it's tough when you, know, yeah. you only play half the game or whatever. Second down, seven yards to go, absolutely. Dropping back Prather, looking things over. Good protection, he's gonna go deep. He's got a man out there in dime, but he overthrew him by about five yards. Yeah. He, you know, he, he wasn't open by a lot, but a good pass. He, he would have been able to complete it. But, uh, so we got third and long. Third and long, and we may have a Ryan Murray sighting here. We may. It looks like he's warming up a little bit. So. I mean, that has got to be hard. Yeah, you don't know, but yet, you know, that's, that's the job. you got to be ready. It's like a pinch hitter in baseball. you got to yeah. be ready. Third down. Seven yards to go. Ball at the 48-yard line. Still in mouth territory. Spread formation. Ari in the backfield for the Lions with Prather. Turner goes out in motion. Now Prather throws Nine. down the middle. Got it. Oh, he dropped Complete, it. and then Pollard dropped the football at about the 30-yard line. Yeah, that's a good throw by Tyler right there. you got to catch those. Well, I'll tell you one thing. When you've got Prather and Taylor, both of those guys have shotguns for arms. Yeah, they sure do. And he had good protection that time and just, you know, just, well, he's upset with himself. He knows he should have caught it, but, you know, fortunately, you know, at the score, it's not really going to make a difference. But. Here's Ryan Murray in to punt the football away, 41 yards per kick average. Backing, back set to return, Trayvon Cummins. Murray will kick it away from about his own 35-yard line. Good snap from center, and Murray gets it away. Low line drive kick. Cummins is going to let it bounce. He'll take it in at the 7 to the 10 to the far side. 15, run out of bounds at the 11-yard line. That's going to be about a 45-yard punt. Yeah, he still didn't get it great, but, you know, got it. got a little bounce, and now they're pinned in a little bit. So let's go uh, defense, hold them on, and let's get the ball back. But, you know, as a dad, you're always tough. You're always tough on your kids. 
Yeah, I've been told that. Tackle on the play by number 24, Gary Powell. They were the first ones to tell me that, too. <laughs> 10 19 left to go. Lions on defense now. Bork, the quarterback. Blitz. And Bork dropped the ball and then is upended at the 10 yard line. Dave, they've really struggled with that shotgun formation. There have been four or five, excuse me, really bad snaps, and now they're really behind the chains. That's Nick Paff who got the sack there. Yeah, kind of a, yeah, it's nice for him to get that kind of cheap one, but, but yeah, they're, they're really back up against it now. Paff, another freshman linebacker out of Elder. Coaching staff high on him. Second down, loss of 10, dropping back. And it is through the hands and almost intercepted by the Lions. Justin Dryling from his safety position almost brought that in with one hand. Yeah, he almost got that. It was kind of a wide receiver bubble screen, and that was almost a pick, another pick six. 9.43 remaining. Third quarter of action. It is 49 to 14. Bork out of the pistol formation. He's got Stoner in the backfield with him. Bork looking things over defensively for the Lions as they are in the standard D. Dropping back Bork throws over the middle and it is tapped into the air and almost intercepted again by the Lions. Went right through the shoulder pads and bounced up into the air of Andre Price and he couldn't come down with it. Yeah, the pass was behind the receiver and almost deflected and picked off. So the Lions defense does their job and we should get pretty good field position here, Dave. So it's going to be at the 10-yard line is where they will mark it, and coming in to punt the ball away will be Baumgartner. Lions will send Hunley back to return this one. Baumgartner is going to be kicking it away from his own end zone. 9.38 left to go. Got that one away, almost maybe partially blocked, and Hunley's going to grab it at his 37, finally get down at the 34-yard line. Just a return of about four yards on the play, and that's a punt of about 27 yards. Yeah, that time he didn't mess around with rolling out. He was just trying to get it out of there, and uh, really nice job to field that, not let that bounce and kick away. So we're inside their, their 35, great field position. Might have been partially blocked even. I, I thought maybe somebody got a hand on a chuck. 9.30 left to go. So dropping back, Prather throws it into the flat. It is complete, complete, gets it off onto the right side to Pollard. Pollard inside the 15, down to the 10, and he'll take it inside the 10 to the 6. So Pollard takes it after the catch and ran it another about 12 yards on the run after catch and gets it down to about the six-yard line where they'll finally spot it. And it's first and goal for the Lions. 9.01 left to go in this third quarter. Prather with Ari Turner in the backfield. Prather with it. Looking things over. Takes the snap. Hand off to Turner. Now took it away. Threw it in the end zone. A power touchdown! What a great what a great fake there, Dave. I mean, he had it in his belly. He pulled it the last second, and he broke wide open. So another touchdown for the Lions. 8.40 to go. 55-14. Lions lead it now by 41. And Farsi 
who's really going to have to ice that right leg tonight when he goes home. Yeah, he's, uh, he's had a pretty good workout. Yep. Again, with Murray the holder, high snap, but Patrick got it down, and the kick is good. 8.40 left to go, third quarter. It's the Mount 56, Bluffton 14 on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Thank you, Delhi Barbers, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Delhi Barbers, 402 Greenwell Avenue, and DelhiBarbers.com. For more than a century, Mount St. Joseph University has prepared nursing leaders who serve their patients with the heart of a lion. With flexible undergraduate and graduate programs, the Mount will help you climb higher. Begin your ascent at msj.edu slash nursing. So the Lions now on top, 56-14, 8.40 left to go in this third quarter. Dave, uh, Ohio State leads Penn State 30-24, 5.05 left to go in the fourth, so it's nail ballot. Biting time for us Buckeye fans. 56-14 here, no nail biting no, no, time not here. Not at all, not at all. 8.40 left to go. It's been a perfect homecoming. As I mentioned earlier, volleyball won their match in three, and we got to get, I think we can, as we talked at half, this is pretty much in the, in the bag, so we need to win uh, tonight in soccer. Chuck, so. it, it is just great here to have this crowd here this evening, this it, afternoon. It's awesome. I mean, like, this might be the biggest crowd. You know, sometimes what happens last is first on your mind, but, well, I don't remember a crowd like this in a long time. Yeah, this has been outstanding here today. Farf single, kick it off. Thompson puts his head in his eyes and then is taken in by one of the other up backs for Bluffton and taking it out across the 30 out to the 35. And that's become a consistent theme here, Dave. You know, they're starting outside our 35 and like you mentioned, if Rose Holman starts on our 35, you know, on their own 35, in this case it's the 38. So the last three or four kickoffs not good. So you know, as a coach, you know, you win big, but you got to always find something to work on and that's something we got to get better at. First down, 10 yards to go for Bluffton. Mount up on the scoreboard. Is it just me or this third quarter just seems to be dragging? Yeah, it is, and just still eight minutes to go. Oh, I got a guy running in late. Lions only had 10 men on the field. They had to rush somebody on, and now the handoff goes to Tucker, and Tucker takes it off the right side across the 40 to the 41. Gain of about three on the carry. It won't bother us if both teams decide to go to the running game more. Second down and seven. Clock continues to run. Could you imagine if Ohio State gets beat tonight, today? Don't say that. And Kentucky loses to Tennessee. Tennessee could be the number two team in the country. They sure could. Handoff up the middle. Tucker oh breaks into a clear to midfield. 40 to the 30. He's trying to outrun everybody. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. He just took it 59 yards to the house. Yeah, the Red Sea opened up on that. And it's 56-20. Boy, once once he got past the linebackers, there was nobody there to grab, grab him. Yeah, he showed really good speed there. So Bluffton, you know, again, quick touchdowns. and 745. Left to go, and Baumgartner in to attempt the extra point now. And good snap. Baumgartner, low kick, but went right through the uprights. 7.45 remaining. 
56-21. The Lions lead it here in the third quarter on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Thank you, Wishbone Tavern, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Wishbone Tavern, 5251 Delhi Pike, and wishbonetavern.com. Teaching is my calling, so when I needed to renew my license, I chose Mount St. Joseph University. The Mount offers the only program in the state of Ohio that allows you to combine two education endorsements to earn a graduate degree. In less than two years, I combined the reading and gifted intervention specialist endorsements. Classes were convenient, fully online, and I received personal attention from my professors. The Mount helped me climb higher in my career. Begin your ascent at msj.edu slash Ohio. Dave Mitchell and Superman to my right, 56-21. Now, I'm not going to – I'm going to let you explain that. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, Coach Farhawk runs a Halloween contest every year for the staff here, and on Monday we're supposed to come dressed up. So, I think I'm just going to do the old uh, put on suit and tie, glasses, and be Clark Kent. But I'm certainly not Superman. You need to have the S emblem underneath your shirt, though. <laughs> Bluffton will kick it off. Back set to return Hunley. He's got it at the 10, 15, 20. Now cuts to the near side, 25. And he'll struggle forward and be brought down at about the 30-yard line. Tackle made by Bluffton's Devin Hogan. You know, if this was high school, there'd be a running clock, but they don't do that. Did you level. hear about what happened in New Jersey in a high school playoff game? No. Let me tell you after this play, it, it was interesting. Prather still in a quarterback. And he's got hold in with him. Prather, no rush at all. Now rolls out to his right. Then he's going to get hit and drop. Prather coughed up the football. Bluffton is saying that they've got it. The officials come in, and they... Bluffton comes walking away from the pile with the football. The officials are going to confer. Now they're going to give it to the Beavers. Yeah, I thought maybe for a minute he was down, but... They say nothing, no, so... Boy, Brady Howenstein came away with the football. Basically just picked up the football and walked out of the pile. It would have been tough for the officials, Chuck, to... Not give them the football after that. Yeah, probably was the right call. But boy, again, we're you know we're giving the ball away and playing yeah. in this game, and I'd like to see us run the ball just a little bit. Again, it's a 35-point lead, 56-21. And Bort, quarterback, fake handoff, throws out to the side, and way overthrew his intended receiver Price. Back to the New Jersey story. It was fourth down, and the amount of pl- the amount doesn't matter. But they ended up running the play. It was close to a first down. They brought the sticks in. This is all on video. Brought the sticks in to measure, and the TV camera was on it. He was short. The official came in. The head referee came in, moved the football forward, gave him a first down. Wow! Tucker off the left hand side. Takes it across the 29, which was the line of scrimmage, to the 26-yard line, a gain of three. Yeah, and, of course, the New Jersey Athletic Association had to apologize, said that is not part of our procedure. I hope that called in determine the game. That would be awful. Yeah, yeah. It did not. Good. Dropping back. 
is Bork. Bork now spins away, rolls out to his right, throws it deep up the field and out of bounds. Well, he did a nice, I'm sorry, he did a nice job just getting out of there. I thought he was going to get sacked. 6.37 remaining in the third quarter. Bluffed it going to the air, and it'll be fourth down, eight yards to go from the 27 of the mount. And Bluffton's going to go for it, Chuck. Yeah, that, again, like you said before, nothing to lose, really. And, uh, you know, if nothing else for them, they're getting a lot of good work in today. And, you know, they're not going anywhere this year, but, you know, they got a lot of young guys and just trying to trying to put some points on the board. Burke has got Stoner into the ballgame now to his right at running back out of the pistol formation. Two receivers out wide on each side. Bork takes the snap down around the knees, drops back, looks over the middle, now rolls out of the pocket, jump pass, thrown over the middle, complete, ball lost, incomplete. Yeah, there's a flag down too, so I think there's probably holding. Uh, it doesn't matter, we'll just take over anyway. Behringer had the football at around the two, but never quite could secure it and ended up losing it as he hit the ground. So it'll be fourth down, and it will be a hold against Bluffton. The Lions will decline it, and they'll get the football back with 6.28 left to go. Let's see if we can get our running game going a little bit here. 56-21, I agree with you. Holt is into the ball game. Powell is coming in also at tight end. Boy, the Lions have got all sorts of substitutions in right now. And rightfully so. Absolutely. But, but doggone, you know, it's still six minutes to go. We just, we got to run some clock here. Prather, handoff, goes to Holt. Holt off the right side, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Up the right side, cuts back to the middle of the field, breaks a tackle, and is brought down inside the 40 at the 37-yard line. That's what I like. That was a heck of a run. I really like him. But, again, we talked in pregame how deep we are at the running back position. 36 yards on that carry. Lions spread the formation now. Now Holt is going to go out and line up in a slot receiver spot, empty backfield. Prather throws over to the right side, complete on the play. Threw it out to the tight end. That's Colin Magan, the graduate student from Avon, Ohio. That's up near Cleveland. Boy, yeah. there's a lot of good schools up there, including Avon Lake. Yeah, that's, I think I told you years ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, my buddy Rusty Stobbs from Avon Lake. Yep. Coach, used to coach at Clear Fork Correct. High School. And I think I gave you this tidbit when he was coaching at the sales. He coached Luke Fickle. Yep, you're right. Prather, handoff Holt, hold off the left-hand side. Got hit after about a three-yard gain. Bounced back for that entire three-yard gain and then fell forward again for the three-yard gain. Yeah, I really like him. And Ari, you know, we got some really good backs. They're both diminutive, though. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to carry it 25, 30 times a game. But, boy, they're good change of pace, guys, and nice to have on your club. You know, it's interesting. I'll tell you this about the Monday night game between Cincinnati and the Browns. Third down, two yards to go throw out mm -hmm. in the flat to Holt. Holt breaks the tackle and then has run out of bounds a yard shy of the line of scrimmage, right at the line of scrimmage. It'll be fourth down, two yards to go. The Browns are 2-5 and five coming into this game. They are 0-5 oh when Nick Chubb touches the football less than 20 times. They are 2-0 and oh when he runs the football 20 or more times. Not a hard stat to figure out, is it? No. 
But it must be hard for Kevin Stefanski because... Oh, they jumped. And Prather. They got back there. They got back. Nobody yeah. threw a flag from the side judges. Prather thought there was. Now he's going to take the snap on fourth and three. Throw over the middle. Complete from the first down. That's Jake Ayler. And he's inside the 25 and be brought down at the 24. Boy, the officials were completely late on that one blowing the whistle. Well, yeah, here's the thing. They're going to mark him back. It's still first down, but they should have blown it dead. They kept letting him go, and he fought his way to the 26. But they said, no, we blew Yeah, whatever. That, that, was, that was not good. So it's first down 10 for the Lions at the 24. But Jake with a nice catch and just held on to the ball for the first down. 3.50 and running left to go in this third quarter. Prather, handoff to Holt. Holt around the left-hand side. Upended at the 22. That's a couple of yards on the run for Holt. Mariano McKenzie's going to come back into the ball game. 3.31 and running. I like to hear the running part. Second down, eight yards to go from the 22-yard line. Prather with McKenzie to the right. Moe gets the handoff right up the middle. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Lions! Yeah, he hit that hole really hard, Dave. It was there. Boom, right up the middle. Touchdown, Lions. 62-21. It's the most points accumulated by the Lions this season. And we still got over a quarter to play. Up until this point, the most points that they had scored was 59. Farsing in to attempt the extra point. Lions only had 10 men in the field. They had to hustle Sam Martin into the ball game for offensive line protection. 3-11 remaining. And the snap is good. Kick is up. And the kick is good. 3.11 to go in this third quarter. It's now the Mount 63, Bluffton 21 on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. The School of Health Sciences at Mount St. Joseph University is a proven leader in healthcare education. The Mount offers bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees in nursing, including a blended online RN to BSN program and the innovative MSN Magellan program. For nearly 100 years, Mount St. Joseph University has produced outstanding healthcare professionals. Learn more at msj.edu slash health sciences. Thank you, Bearcat Storage, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Bearcat Storage, two locations on Delhi Pike, and BearcatStorage.com. Well, these fans here this afternoon at Schuler Field have been thoroughly entertained by the Lions and their continuing offensive efforts. 3-11 to go in this third quarter, and they now lead it 63-21. Dave, a couple scores. Uh, final score, Notre Dame beat Syracuse 41-24. TCU leading West Virginia in a barn burner 34-31, and Ohio State is up their lead to 44-24 over Penn State. Farsing tried to kick the ball short and kicked it out of bounds. I think that's partly based on what's been happening with, with the returns, uh, you know, that Bluffton's been able to get the last three or four times, so maybe the next time they kick it to the left side and try something different, especially in a game like this, you can maybe experiment. Well, you know, a lot of the players on the kickoff team are youngsters, Chuck. I mean, when you're going up against a Rose Holman, 
even next week, do you start putting some of your your full-timers into those positions and let them cover downfield? Well, if nothing else, maybe you let, at least let them practice. You know, may not want them taking those hits next week, but, boy, you know, that's – you can't give them the ball 35, 40-yard line every time. Ty Humphrey is warming up on the sideline for the Lions. He's the third-string quarterback. Looks like he's getting ready to come into the ballgame. First and ten. Handoff goes to Stoner around the left-hand side. Stoner got hit at the line and then fell backwards but went forwards up to about the 42. Yeah, Bluffton, they're still playing hard. A lot of their starters are still in there, but, you know, like I said, they're trying to build something here. First-year coach, and that's always a tough situation. Well, we said Mason came away with a win over Coleraine last night. Western Brown came away with a win, too. Again last night. Yeah, that, I know a, a two seed lost to a 15. Dropping back is Bork, and he throws it deep up the left-hand side, and it is incomplete. I believe Xenian Division Two was a number two seed, and they well, lost to a number 15 yeah, seed, Little Miami, 27-24. So I'm not a big fan of 16 teams getting in the playoffs. No, I never was either. I, I just think it's way too many, but, hey, that's the way our new system is. So you're going to see that every once in a while. Just a way of the OHSAA grabbing more money. Uh, no question. No <laughs> question. <laughs> Third down seven. Dropping back is Bork. Now rolls out to the left. Couldn't find anybody. He's going to tuck it under and get pushed out of bounds at the 40-yard line. That'll be a gain of a couple, but it brings up fourth down five. Yeah, if he ever sat down, Chuck, and actually looked at all of the things that the OHSAA takes money for, you would see that for a nonprofit organization, a 501c3, they sure do make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on the OHSAA. Well, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of people don't realize this, but fourth and five. I'll tell you this after after this punt. Baumgartner is going to roll out to his right again. He's going to. Rugby kick it up the field. It's going to bounce at the 20, inside the 20 to the 15, roll inside the 10, and we'll be down to at the 9. That's a 51-yard kick yeah. for Baumgartner. Bad mistake there. We got, we'd probably give him an extra 15 yards by not fielding that on the fly. But here, here's what's interesting, Chuck. I mean, they charge for everything. They take a cut of the parking. They take a cut of the concessions. They take a cut of the t they, they take all pretty much all of the ticket prices. But they also charge the radio stations, TV stations, web pages, everything, the money just to broadcast the football games. Yeah. And if you knew how much they charge them for baseball alone, you would be amazed. Humphrey into the ball game. Humphrey throws it complete out across the 15 to the 20 and being run out of bounds near the 25-yard line is Trey Specker. Specker, number nine. Specker actually from Center Grove in Indianapolis. He is supposed to be a 6'3", 215-pound linebacker. Uh-uh. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Minute left to go in the third. Handoff Turner. Turner around the left side. Outside the 25 to the 26-yard line. So do you plan on going trick-or-treating this weekend? Uh... Probably a little too old. Well, if you put a costume on, nobody'd know. 
Yeah, good point. Yeah. Second down. I do like my candy, though. Second down, six yards to go for a line first down. 35 seconds left in this third quarter. Humphrey, the quarterback, drops straight back. Looks upfield, steps into the pocket, throws over the middle, and it is going to be incomplete. Ooh, that was a nice pick. Tried to get it to Specker, and he threw it into double coverage. Yeah, he's, again, like we talked about Josh and Tyler, he's got a strong arm too, but probably tried to get it into too tight of a window there. Humphrey, 5'9", 205 pounds, sophomore quarterback out of Halls High School in Knoxville, Tennessee. Please come to the press box. 26 seconds to go. Third quarter. Make it third down and along six yards to go as Humphrey drops back, throws over to the left, and it is incomplete. Tried to go to Zane Dine. He looked like he wanted a call made out there. Thought he was being manhandled on the play by Nick Perry, one of the junior linebackers. Yeah, you're probably not going to get too many flags in, in, at this time of the game with the Broken score the way it is. It's going to have to be really blatant. Yeah, well, they'd like to go home, too. Yeah, yeah. 19.3 left to go. Back set to return is Behringer for Bluffton. Back near his own 40. And it's a high snap, but Ryan Murray gets it down. And it'll be taken in at the 36. Beringer dropped it, picked it up, then lost it again. Now the ball, oh, they're going to say he was down. Mm. Boy, it looked like from up here, Chuck, that ball was coming out. It definitely was coming out. I don't know if maybe he was able to just grab and clutch it right at the end without losing it because it clearly looked like it was coming out. But nonetheless, with 8.8 .8 seconds to go in the third quarter, the mount will come out on defense. And Bluffton will take it over at their own 34-yard line, 63-21. And Bork is going to stay in at quarterback. Wow. Bork, right-hander. Tucker is going to come in at running back. You know, you don't see a lot of teams when they're being blown out like this, especially the road team, play a lot of other players. Now, Bork... Bobbled it, but got it back, and now throws it out into the left flat, complete on the play to Kale Lee. The reason is they only have like a 60-man traveling squad. Yeah. That'll do it here at the end of the third quarter, your score. It's the Mount 63, bluffed at 21 on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Thank you, Delhi Liquor Store, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Delhi Liquor Store. 5193 Delhi Pike and com. What do you wish for? A nice life? Nice things? Or do you wish for something more? A sense of purpose? Do you wish to discover a cure? to write code that cracks an unsolvable question, to further our exploration into space, or to invent something that changes everything right here on Earth. Well, if that's your wish, make yourself ready. Because when you look back, you'll see that you didn't just make wishes. You realize them. 
Left and hands the ball going from right to left across your screen to open the fourth quarter. Fake handoff, and Bork is going to get hit behind the line and drop back at the 32. Yeah, good pressure there, and it dropped him for a two-yard loss, it looks like, so second and 12. Final score, Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. So all you people out there sweating bullets, you can relax at least for another week. Making the sack on that play is Jackson Pruitt, a sophomore defensive lineman. 14-31 and running, as Chuck loves those two words. <laughs> Something he doesn't do every morning when he wakes up, though. <laughs> there's, there's Chuck and running. <laughs> 14, neither do I. I mean, I can say that. In motion is Tucker, and now it'll be a delay of game penalty as a flag is thrown by the back judge. Delay a game, offense, number four. Five-yard penalty, penalty 14.09, left to go in the ball game. Obviously, folks, we'll have a very short post-game show after this one. I mean, the stats really are not going to mean a whole lot in this game. Bluffton has punted seven times today, Chuck, to twice for the mound. That's yeah. about the only stat that we need to go over. Yeah, it's... Time of possession, maybe a couple other things. Dropping back is Bork. Throws a oh, deep upfield. He's got a receiver, and it is going to be incomplete. Oh. He had his re intended yeah. receiver out there, which was Kale Lee. But Lee was double teamed on the play. Yeah, the ball hung up just enough for us to get back and make a play on that. 13-44. And Bluffton will come in and punt for the eighth time today. Fourth down and 17 on the 27. Yeah, here, here's an interesting total yards so far in the ballgame. Chuck through three quarters, 454 for the Lions to 250 yards for Bluffton. Yeah, we're, we're headed for another 500-yard day. Timeout by the Lions. I guess they didn't have enough guys or something was messed up there. Coach Hopper is not happy. Hunley. Saw that they didn't have enough players. Called the timeout. 13-44. This is where you want to get these things straightened out, though, Chuck. Yeah, Is in sure. this, this game today, and then next week you better fine-tune it because the following week you've got Rose coming to town. Yeah. Well, I, I talked a little bit about kickoff coverage, and there's some things. And, you know, obviously a lot of backups are playing their mix and the match, and I get that. I'm glad guys are getting to play, and that's... Keeps everybody happy and, and involved. Real quick, uh, some HCAC scores. Franklin leads Manchester 24-6 in the third. Rose all over to find 69-21 in the third. And Hanover leads Anderson 48-3 in the third. What would you say that Rose score was again? Yeah, 69-21. Kind of like Ooh. us. So Baumgartner kicks it away. And it will be taken in by Hunley at the 47-yard line. Hunley fair catches the punt. At the 47-yard line of the That's a 26-yard punt. And the ball resting right at the 47 in Mount Territory. In the backfield is Holt. Holt is back there with Humphrey. Fake handoff. Humphrey throws out in the flat. And it is complete up to about the 47 for a gain of just about a yard. And that was 
caught by Noah Harville. Harville, 150 pounder, 5'9", from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Dave, I'm getting word that Kyle Farsing broke the school extra point record for a game with nine. The previous record was eight. <laughs> He needs to be on the pregame show more often. <laughs> Second down nine, Humphrey handoff around the right-hand side. And it goes to Holt. Holt upended on the play at the 48-yard line in Bluffton territory. He got upended by Trent Davis, the outside linebacker. Trent Davis has gotten three tackles today, an interception. Tackling for Bluffton is number 21, Dominic Apiagio. Twelve and a half minutes to go in the ball game. Lions spread offense. Fake handoff. Humphrey oh. throws over the top, and it is incomplete. Threw it out of bounds on the play. What do we got here? Fourth. Are they going to go? Are they going to punt it? Kind of in that in-between areas, deciding... Like the offense is oh penalty flag okay yeah there is a flag down Bluffton is signaling against the mound the eligible receiver downfield number 55 on the offense that penalty is declined fourth down and they're gonna punt it away yeah <laughs> down will come in and punt it away 12-18 left to go Cummings back set to return for Bluffton boy Bluffton to the right of us Chuck they have got a full house as coaches in the coaches booth to the right of us. They sure do. 12-18 remaining in this ballgame. Next week we'll be on the road at Franklin. So make sure you join us then. Always a great atmosphere over at Grizz Stadium. And Baumgartner punts it away. Or excuse me, Ryan Murray. I'm sorry, punts it away and it goes into the end zone. It's a 42-yard punt, or a 52-yard punt, excuse me. Yeah, I, I, I'd see Cornell down there too right now. He looks like he's in okay spirit, so hopefully it's just a minor nick up and he'll be ready for next week. Well, if anything, we'll see what happened to him on Facebook. That's normally where he posts everything. 12-11 <laughs> left to go. I'm lucky enough to be one of Cornell's friends on Facebook, and boy, I find out a lot more than I need to know. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. 12-11 left. Lions playing a cover two right now, and they're overplaying to the right, and the handoff goes around the right-hand oh, side, and taking him down on the play, the runner is Lucas Luster. Well, oh, that was a heck of a tackle, too. It was Braden Wilson, or excuse me, it was Salou Karoma. Yes, Salou Karoma with the run there. You wonder why I get paid the big bucks. 11-20, boy, is that wrong. 11-30 left to go. Again, the quarterback staying in there is Bobby Bork. Bork, handoff right up the middle. Goes to Tucker, and Tucker puts his head down. Bowls forward, picked up maybe a yard. And third and long. Lions continue to substitute. 
Yeah, it's kind of an interesting scenario with Bluffton. The second string quarterback's like, gosh, we're down, you know, a mile. Can I maybe well, get in the game a little bit? But again, he's trying to establish here. So, third down and nine from the twenty-one. Third down, nine yards to go. Ball at the twenty-one yard line. Dropping back, Bork. Looks upfield, trying to throw it upfield to Price, and he overthrew him by about five yards. Yeah, good coverage the there. Pass intended for number one, Andre Lions Price are warming up a couple of more players down on the sidelines. Make it a chance to see them. Caleb Ortega is one, and Tyler Busher is the other. So it's fourth down nine, and the Beavers will decide to punt the football away, so Baumgartner's in. You talk about Farsing having a, a, a tired leg. Boy, with his punts and kickoffs and extra points. This is his ninth. Yeah, you're right. And Hunley is going to take it in off the fair catch at the 49-yard line. It's going to be a 30-yard punt. No return. Nice and high, though. You, you know, you'll take that. A little bit of wind, very little today, was going against him there. So, nice and high, though. Fair catch, net of 30 yards. You'll, you'll take that. Well, you would assume, Chuck, that the Lions would have their toughest two games of the year in the final two weeks. Well... For sure, the last week, you know, maybe you could argue that, you know, Hanover, oh boy. Hand off around the right-hand side and taking it to the 25-20, 15-10-5, touchdown Lions. That's Jonathan Rager. Rager from Buchanan High School in Buchanan, Michigan. And he just took it in for the score. And the Lions now lead at 69 to 21. Boy, what a nice run. He hit the hole and, and outran everybody. Again, that deep lion backfield. Pretty much a simple handoff and well, right far, up the gut. Farsing will come in to add to his school record extra point. No, we got a different kicker. Oh, as you're right, this is a different kicker. Putting it up and through the uprights is Eli LaFrange. Yeah, out of the hole to Tyler Prather. So LaFrange kicks it through, 70 to 24, the mound leads it. Ten and a half minutes to go in the ball game on the Mount St. Joseph Radio Network. Thank you, NYPD Pizza, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. NYPD Pizza, 5329 Foley Road and NYPDPizza.com. Thank you, Cincinnati Open Box Outlet, for your support of Mount St. Joseph University football on Z98. Cincinnati Open Box Outlet, 6252 Glenway Avenue, openboxoutlet.com. Dave Mitchell, Chuck Murray back here at Schuler Field, where the Lions now. Boy, ever since I've been doing games here, Chuck, for the last six years, they've never put 70 points on the board. Yeah, you're not going to see this very often. Again, this is one of them days where just everything is clicking. For the most part, offense, defense, we've scored on all three phases, special teams, and uh, for whatever reason, you know, Bluffton just doesn't have, you know, I don't know that they have an A game, but they just haven't played as well as I'm sure they'd like to have played. And Well, I, was, I think it was, what, 21-0 after five, the game was over. Well, they got their first win of the year last week at Manchester in that overtime game. Right, that's seven overtime, whatever that was. Yeah. So we're going to have, yeah, same. Uh, we're going to, 93 is going to kick off. 
and he will, that's LaFrange, he'll kick it off, low line drive kick taken in by one of the upbacks at the 23 to the 25-30, and he'll be chased out of bounds at about the 35-yard line. That was Drew Mace who brought that football back. Yeah, when everybody plays, or you know, I'm assuming most everybody's playing today, you know, everybody feels great about themselves. You, even if it's only a few plays you get and you feel like you contributed, and it's always good for team morale. He was knocked out of bounds on the play. As I mentioned, you know, unfortunately this year a lot of the JV games got canceled, so this is good for these kids to get a chance to play. You know, you and I discuss a lot about different rule changes. Should it be a rule change? Should it not be a rule change? Should there be a mercy rule here? You know, there's two schools of thought. You know, really, I mean, you can Think make about that it after this play. Yep, yep. Bort hands it off around the right-hand side, taking it out across the 35 to the 40, and out to the 47 on the play well, is Aaron Smith. I, I think Aaron Smith. I'm sorry. I think the reason I would say no is just because of what I just said. It gives everybody an opportunity. I mean, we're not trying to run up the score, but you can't tell a kid to run up the middle and just fall down after 10 yards if he's got a... You know, so you keep playing. I can see both sides of it, but these rosters are so big compared to most high schools. I, I say you play it. You hate to see these kind of scores, but I think you got to play it through. May I play devil's advocate? Sure. The second down and two. Take oh. handoff. Now it is a handoff, and that's Smith again. He takes it up for a yard gain. I'll bring up third down and a yard. Well, okay, so let's ask it this way. If you don't have the mercy rule. Well, now I want to make sure I'm wording this correctly because... Watch out who you're debating with here. Well, yeah, now I'm debating myself. So it'll be third down the yard. Let's get this play over with, and then I'll, I'll ask you this question. Tucker off to the left. He's back into the ballgame. And Smith handoff goes not to Tucker, but to number 29, and that is Smith, and Smith takes it forward for the first down after a gain of three yards of the carry. So it'll be first and 10 for Bluffton from their own 48-yard line with 8.44 left to go. I want to see how, I want to figure out how to word this for you because I had it in my mind, you know, it's one of those questions that germinate in your mind, but I wanted to make sure I asked it correctly. Now I can't remember how I was going <laughs> to ask it. And the handoff to Smith again off the right up the middle, and Smith takes it across midfield and down to the 48 of the mound. Second down, right, call it the ball six yards on the carry. Game five on the play. The 48-yard line, 47. If you want to wait till next week, go ahead. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to. <laughs> no, I, you know, I can see both sides. I just feel like these kids, they need to get an opportunity. They came here to get their education, but also to play football. And I, I think it's good that you play it out. You hate to see these kind of scores, but I, I think you got to play it out. Bork, the quarterback. And the handoff right up the middle to Smith again. And Smith almost broke it. Gets taken down at the 41-yard line, and it was a touchdown saving tackle by Max Keller. Yeah, he's got good vision, some good explosion. He's a good back. 
You know, the presidential suite is to the left of us. There's a lot of, th there's a lot of things going on in there yeah. this afternoon. Yeah, like I said, we're a lot of hopping going on. There's a guy here. over on the hill, a couple people out there on the hill yeah. watching this game. I'm going to try something here. If you're listening to us, wave. <laughs> Smith is going to take it around the right side. Slipped, fell down right at the 40. It'll be up. Oh, they did wave. I saw, I saw the person back by the, the woods. Either that or she was eating peanuts. I'm not sure which. But That's funny. Well, I remember years ago, I think we were playing Thomas Moore. It was so proud to hear people were standing on the, sitting on the hill on the south side here. That's probably the biggest crowd I remember. This is 15 years ago. But the, today was exceptional. Well, in two weeks we'll be back here playing Rose Holman, and hopefully we'll have a bigger crowd than this one because it should be for the championship. Going around the right side is Smith. Smith is going to cut it inside the 35, down near the 30, and he'll be stopped for a first down after a gain of about 13 on the play. Yeah. I like Bluffton's play calling Peter. right now. Run, 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 run. Yep. You know, no matter what happens next week, next week is going to be for the championship. Yeah, correct. No matter what happens, we're... Yeah, it will be I guess if theoretically Hanover beat Rose, then we could lose and still win, get the bid based on the three-way tie, based on our non-conference. But, again, we don't want any of that. Right. Handoff up the middle, Smith again. But I, but I will be curious to see how that Hanover-Rose game goes. We'll keep a close eye on that because Hanover gave us everything and more than we wanted. And, again, very, very misleading final score. Second down and a yard to go for Bluffton. Clock continues to run. We're at five minutes. Ball at the 21-yard line. Make it the 22-yard line. Bork with Tucker to his left. Now check out that Smith again. Smith off the right side has the first down. Chuck, he made about five yards before he ever got hit. Ever got touched by a blue uniform. Yeah, he, he's got good explosion. Yeah. Now, he'll sleep well on the way home on the bus because he's carried it quite a few times here in the second half, especially on this drive. Is that about four or five carries in a row, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He's from Nordonia High School in Northfield, Ohio, which Nordonia is actually in between Cleveland and Akron. Okay. Uh, I'll trust you on that one. Yeah. Not a great football program, but they do have – Every once in a while, they have some great teams. Smith, the handoff around the right side, puts his head down. Tell you what, he's putting on a show here in this drive. It takes it inside the 10 and goes down to about the 7. Yeah, I'd say that's, what, five or six carries in a row for him. He's got nine carries now for 52 yards. Yeah, he's, he's a good back. Here's an interesting stat, Chuck. Tucker, and I haven't looked at the stats lately, Tucker had 17 carries, 103 yards. Wow, that's that is a little surprising. That's a quiet hundred and three. Sure is. Number fifty-seven, Javon Smith. Smith again, handoff, pretty much the same play. Yeah. That time he got hit right at the line and was driven back, no gain. And it's like third down two. Maybe forty-seven, maybe was that? I, I think that's who it was. 
that made that tackle. Oh, yeah. I'll be Max it. Keller. Okay. I got an old roster here. Doesn't even have them. So, and they two deep, two deep. I don't see a 47. So. Third down and one yard. Third down, about a yard to go. We're at three minutes and running left to go in the ball game. Or quarterback, handoff, Smith right up the middle. Looks like he's got the first down to the five. They will spot him at about the six point. And they're going to say no game. Well, I thought he was closer to the five than that. But nonetheless, it'll be fourth down and about a yard to go. So they're going to give it to him one more time and see if he can make the first down or do something different. I'm, I'm betting on them giving it to him. 20 seconds on the play clock. Smith out of the pistol, right behind the quarterback, Bork. 10 now on the play clock. Bork takes the snap. Handoff goes to Smith. Smith is close to the first down. And they're going to say, nope, he didn't make it. They're not even going to measure, Chuck. They're going to put it right at I'll tell you what, Chuck, that looks close. Yeah, it, they didn't even, you know, again, we've talked about, I know it's a lopsided score, but they don't measure anymore. They just no. kind of eyeball it and say, okay, first down the other way. I'll tell you what, that kid ran really well on that uh, on that drive. Really? For them, it's a shame he couldn't couldn't make the first down and really score because, uh, you know, I don't root against us, but but nice for him to get rewarded there. 12 carries, 53 yards for Smith. Most all of them on that drive. New quarterback. And handing it off around the right side and getting bunched up at the six for no gain. Quarterback into the ball game now is Caleb Ortega. He's from Thomas Worthington High School. Quarterback, 5'9", 162, a freshman. Lost a one on the play for the six yard In line. the back Second field the with him is Luke, uh, that'd be Aiden Williams, excuse me. Aiden Williams from Eaton High School. That's E-A-T-O-N, not E-D-O-N. <laughs> well, there is an Eden. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Handoff. And it goes around the right-hand side to Williams. And Williams goes outside the 10, out to the 13-yard line. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're rushing subs in and out. Get everybody in here. About a five-yard gain on the play. This game... Now suddenly marching to the end. A minute ten to go. I know one person that wants to see him make a first down here. It's, it's the punter. <laughs> <laughs> Ortega the quarterback. Williams to the right of him. Hand off Williams off right tackle. Now cuts it back towards the middle. Takes it to the 20 and he's going to be pushed it. back. He's got the first yeah. down easily. Yep. Now they can take knees and it should be over. <laughs> yep. That should be it. Takes the ball up to right around the 20 yard line. 41 seconds to go. Play clock at 20. This thing. Take a knee, gentlemen. 70 to 21. Mount on top of it. There's about nine seconds difference between the play clock and the game clock. This will be the final play of the game, barring a penalty. Handoff Williams. He slipped on his cut and fell down right at the 15-yard line, and that'll do it. Your final score here this afternoon, it's the Mount 70 and Bluffton 21. The Mount now goes to 8-0, and they are 5-0 in the Heartland Conference.